Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. Uh, of course, one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my partner in crime, the other member of the dynamic duo of Twitch, Nitro. What's up, everybody? And thank you for everyone that's here joining us, if you're here with us live, um, a whole hour earlier than usual. Because that's yeah. just how we roll. We like to mix it up every now and then. Well, that's I actually want to give a massive um, shout out to yourself, Nitro, and to uh, the Comic Clan in general. Because the reason we're doing this earlier today, um, I didn't put it all over Twitter because there's no need to put it all over Twitter. If you join the show, you'll hear me talk about it. Um, is actually because my good friend Nitro here, not too long ago, set up a GoFundMe page, um, basically to raise some money for myself and Jay to be able to actually have a date night. We have not had a proper like date night just ourselves in quite some Overdue. time between yeah. quarantine, between stuff going on with the kids, with you know our eldest being autistic, with the new baby being here. Our date nights have consisted of when we can get the kids to bed and can sit on the sofa ourselves for a little while, <laughs> and even then that generally gets interrupted. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time actually getting a chance for a proper date night. He set up the GoFundMe, so thank you to him for setting that up, for the money he put in, for the money that any of the rest of you, the comic clan, put in. Y'all raised a good chunk of money to send us on a date night, and we're taking the chance to go on that date this evening. Nice. Um, so we started the show early, so that Nitro and his lovely wife can come over and watch the kids this evening. Um, we be a whole bunch of kids in the house just I was gonna say it's like up. he offered like oh yeah we'll watch the kids for you and I'm like yeah you've got two kids yourself you're gonna have five kids <laughs> in this house yourself leading up to bedtime it'll like, be alright like, oh my goodness you can't promise the house is gonna be clean when you get back so dude I, I can't sure. promise the house is gonna be clean when you arrive <laughs> so don't worry about it man <laughs> it's like, I can't guarantee you everything's gonna look like not just like it's been lived in you know oh, but um uh, but yeah, so I decided to do this early so that Nitro could come over with his lovely wife and watch the kids and we could do a date night, enjoy a good night out, have a good few hours to ourselves and still get back in plenty of time so that Nitro and his wife don't have to <laughs> take care of kids who should be going to bed and having their bedtime, having their kids overtired, all this stuff and still get everyone in bed for when they're meant to. Um, so thank you so much to the Comic Clan for everyone who's helped as part of that. So. Yeah, huge shout out to the Comic Clan for, for stepping up on that. That was awesome. So, yeah, we're here a whole hour earlier. Uh, we're running from 1 to 3 today instead of 2 to 4. Um, so, yeah, we are going to jump straight into this because we have a lot to talk about today because we were prepping yeah. for Talking What If Part 2. And then, of course, DC Fandom happened yesterday as well. The info dump over the past two days. And they dumped a ton of information. And that's the thing, Like, I don't think we're going to spend too much time talking about DC fandom. I don't think it definitely doesn't need an episode to itself this no. year. Last year, yeah, we had a lot of big announcements that we had to delve into. This year, I don't think it does. Um, yeah, it was a ton of information, but nothing like... There was a, ton of, opinion, there was a ton of little like announcements. Like There was tons yes. of little things, but there was nothing yeah. like major. Like We got a couple of big things, but yeah. not as many as I think a lot of people were hoping for. Agreed, agreed. And, yeah. you know, even, I know you and I were talking, even the Batman trailer, I was like, man, that was, that was good. It didn't, yeah, like, you know, you and I were saying, I think the first one was better, the first trailer was better. Yeah, like, this everyone's going crazy. About, 
everyone's hyped for the Batman, obviously, because it's Batman. Batman always gets a massive amount of hype and a massive yeah. amount of conversation. Um, and again, with Robert Pattinson doing it, like it's it created a stir from the get-go, kind of like when Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, the same thing. So all eyes are on the Batman project, so we were excited, we got a trailer for it again, and it was okay. Yeah, it was alright. I felt like it was good, it got me excited for different aspects of it. Um, but honestly, for overall, for the movie, I felt more hyped after the first one. Like I could have I, taken was, the first one and been like, okay, yeah, I'm good. Um, it was cool seeing... I know you, again, you and I talk about this, but uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Mm. I'm a huge Penguin fan because, you know, I have a soft spot for Danny DeVito back in the day, Michael Keaton's Batman. And uh, it's cool to see him more of like a gangster thug, like arms dealer type. I'm and glad they're portraying him believe, like that. I can't believe that that's Colin Farrell. No. That just blows my mind. I'm glad they're portraying him in this sort of gangster level thing because that's what yes. he is. And Penguin's never really been portrayed like that on TV or film properly, I don't think. And... He reminds me of um, Robert De Niro, like the way that he's acting and the way that he's saying stuff. Mm. Because, you know, when he, when he thinks he blew up the Batmobile, he's like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and then the Batmobile, which I know is your favorite version of the Batmobile, just pops out of the flames. It's just a car. <laughs> like, it's a Batmobile and I'm like, it's, it's literally just a car. Yeah, it is. It's a it's car on a couple of, like, on hydraulics so you can get the chunkier wheels under it. That's it. But I yeah. think for me, it, it's the animated series, it's 1989 Batman, and then it's Christopher Nolan. Those are the three in order. Yeah, that's it. I, I think that's the thing with the Batmobile. I just I don't feel excitement. Like, it doesn't feel like a Batmobile. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, for what we know of Batman, especially how Batman's evolved, especially in cinema over the last few years, mm-hmm. you're expecting a car that's laid out with gadgets, that's fancier, or even like the Christopher Nolan version that's a tank that's designed yeah. to go into situations that you know that he's prepared for anything i just really don't feel like this car is it like him coming through that explosion without a scratch on him feels more lucky than like batmobile to me you know what i mean it's like he's just lucky he didn't blow up he's got you know protagonist defense around him that's how he got through the explosion as opposed to it's the batmobile and like you're not going to blow up yeah it didn't Um, look that uh that great so yeah i'm not i'm not hyped for that itself uh Colin Farrell's Penguin, I am hyped for. He looks awesome. He seems he to be awesome. I still like. Someone posted it on Twitter, the side by side, and I'm like, I Dude, still, crazy. I still don't believe that's Colin Farrell in that makeup. Like, I can't see any of him. Yeah. Like, I'm looking even like here at like his eyes and nose, and I'm like, I'm looking at it like trying to see if I can see some of his facial structure, and I'm like, mm. the makeup is so good. It's yeah, done it's so phenomenal. well. And I'm, I'm still not buying. Uh, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, and I'm not like uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Batman either. You're not a fan of emo Bruce? No, <laughs> I just have a, a PTSD I, from Spider. man I just 3, really so. am getting Spider Man three vibes when I look at his Bruce Wayne. Like it really feels like emo Peter. Like, the shot when he turns around, his eyes are yes, running. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like I'm no shot against Robert Pattinson. He is a phenomenal actor. He's he, going through his My Chemical Romance phase. He is. Give him a break. That's what it feels like. Like <laughs> the guy deserves all the credit in the world, and he deserves all. He's the, a phenomenal actor. He deserves praise, and he deserves to be separated from all the Twilight crap that he's gotten for so Agreed. long. Agreed. Like Agreed. Twilight deserves to be ripped apart. It's an awful movie series. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you're a fan. Yeah. It is awful. How dare you? How dare you besmirch? <laughs> oh, I will besmirch every day. <laughs> I all will besmirch. Day. Um. <laughs> 
but yeah it's an awful series it's it's not worthwhile and his acting in it is shocking but to be fair so is everybody's so it's yeah. not his fault necessarily but he has done plenty of stuff since then to show himself as a credible actor yeah um, i mean he was in he was in what was it the new movie the the new movie christopher nolan movie where mm. they messed with time what was that called oh uh tenant tenant he was phenomenal in that he was really good in um oh, what was that other one Lighthouse with William Defoe. That was a yeah. weird art house D type movie, but he was he was phenomenal in that. He was that movie hooked me in the most bizarre way possible. I know. It really I know. did. I know. Um, Such a weird but cool movie. But yeah, it's like so he's he's proven himself like in so many different genre movies. So like I'm more yeah. than happy to give him an opportunity as Batman. If anything, Agreed. like feeling like eh, I'm not sure about him about Ben Affleck's Batman and then seeing the product. Is one hundred percent made me kind of go okay. I'm at least willing to give him an opportunity because yeah. he could pull it off. Yeah, because there's been a lot of castings where I'm like, ugh, how's that gonna work? But then you see but, on the screen, you see what they do, and it turns out really good. But as much as I looked at Ben Affleck out of costume and just like I don't feel like you're Bruce Wayne, I'm getting that same vibe with Robert Pattinson. I don't feel like it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like that to me. Maybe it'll be different in the movie, and. I, I can't get over the bat suit like it's something about the mask like at this section Agreed. where it connects with the neck it yeah. just looks a little bit weird to me and it's like well, I it just, has like a collar he has like a collar on his thing and I just, just really I don't weird. know what it is it just I, I'm not a fan of that design of the suit but I think yeah. he looks decent in it compared to like you know like there's different aspects of the suit that do look kind of cool like some of the armoring looks cool I do like the idea of the bat symbol made out of the gun that killed his parents mm-hmm. and yeah 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 and just doing something different with that like i'm okay that's definitely a different direction i'm intrigued with yeah. it i definitely like how yeah. they're 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 leaning into the fear aspect that he brings to the table mm-hmm. against the villains i like that and i know a lot of other movies in the past have touched on that but i, I feel like they're really they're really leaning into that with this one and so we got the batman which everyone's talking about the other big one that everyone's talking about is our first look at black adam what did yes. you think of after what nearly a decade just about man of waiting like it literally it's been like what 2014 it's been like seven eight years at this point look man i I don't know how long they've been actually in production with this movie but i feel like they could have given us more than just a teaser i feel like they could have given us a proper trailer with a very 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 light framework well they announced this in post-production the movie's in post-production which means like all the filming is done and i'm like you could have given us a basic trailer. I, I will say, though, I will say, based off what I saw, The Rock looks properly terrifying as Black Adam. He looks awesome. And I like. And yes. I, one thing I did love about the trailer, because I was really worried. When he got attached to play Black Adam, everyone thought, okay, he's going to go up against Shazam. And then they did this weird thing where they separated them and wanted to give Black Adam his own movie. Mm-hmm. And I got really worried they were going to screw him up yeah. because they were going to turn him from being a villain into being an anti-hero. Yeah. Which I'm like, he's not. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's not. I don't know a ton about Black <laughs> Adam, to be honest, because I didn't grow up with those comics. So, like, I-, I thought he was more of like a, like, he started out as a villain, but he kind of does what he needs to to get whatever he needs to get done, whether that's good or bad. He does. And right? there's definitely, there is anti-hero aspects to him, but like, I'm sorry, you're bringing him to the big screen. He needs to be villainous. And I was so worried having the rock attached to it. There's no way he's going to go full villain. Yeah. 
and then the trailer happened the clip we got and he legitimately picks someone up by the throat and electrocutes him into a skeleton yeah like full-blown eradicates him into dust yeah basically murders someone oh the first minute of us being introduced to him (laughs) awesome we're getting a villain black adam fantastic (laughs) um because all we got from the reveal i mean like the rock talked before it Mm -hmm. and legitimately i think the rock talked longer than the clip actually was oh yeah the clip was only like 30 seconds long maybe. and it was this team we don't even know who they were going into i'm assuming where black adam was trapped mm-hmm. and someone said shazam and like this bolt of lightning happened yeah they smashed it open and then he's that he's like kneeling there with a cloak over him and stuff and we didn't even get like a full look at him because mostly it was cloak and shadow sort of stuff to it yeah i would have really liked and i know this is just a small nitpick but i would have liked like as he was panning over like you see his eyes light up yellow that would have been sweet but. yeah just to see something um yeah also as well i was hoping we were going to see a bit more of the justice society because we heard like during the the little thing before it when they were shown behind the scenes stuff there was interviews with certain people who like the, the justice society had been cast like they were talking to a guy playing hawkman they were talking to pierce brosnan playing dr light um a dr fate sorry um they, they were talking to these actors who were part of it Mm-hmm. and it's like i'd love to have seen a bit of them on screen but at this point i'm just happy to see something with black adam on it because yeah. it literally feels like the rock has been attached to this forever yeah i'm interested i don't again i don't know a lot about the dc characters uh, as they pertain to like black adam and, and shazam and stuff or the you know just in general <laughs> so i'm interested to see pierce brosnan as dr fate because i feel like pierce brosnan's pretty old right and I don't think Dr. Fate is, like, an older hero in the comics, right? Uh, he can be. Dr. Fate has okay. been a few different people. Like, the, okay. basically, Naboo, like, the spirit of Dr. Fate inhabits the helmet. And so there's been mm. a few people that have worn the helmet over time. And some of them are older, like, because some of them wear, like, are trapped like that for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, so, like, it. I, it could work. I think, honestly, the, the way that dr fate carries himself like pierce brosnan could be a really good choice for that i'm i'm okay. intrigued to see him on screen for it um but yeah i mean i'll take it um, yeah let me kind of have a look see here and see what else was uh we so a, a lot of them were just like smaller announcements so let me go through some of the ones that i posted uh uh, the Titans series has been renewed for season four, which I'm very excited for. I've been enjoying Titans and been really enjoying season three, so I'm excited to see where they go with season four of that. Yeah. Uh, but that's all we got was just a confirmation of that. Uh, we got some really cool concept art for Blue Beetle for the upcoming HBO Max show. Um, and if that's what the suit's going to look like in the show, it looks sweet. It does look sweet. It yeah. looks really cool. Um, so I'm up for this. You guys know I've been talking about Blue Beetle for forever. Like he's one of my favorite heroes. Like I honestly think if they do Jaime Reyes like proud, he could be a massive like team hero for them. He should be on the level of like you know Team Spider Man. And there's like, been there's been different Blue Beetles, right? Is Jaime Reyes the the main one, right? Yeah, Jaime Reyes is the current one. He's been it for quite some okay. time now, but he's the third one to be the mantle. Got it. Uh, before him was Ted Cord, most known for his um, partnership with Booster Gold, especially in Justice League International. Um, and then prior to that, when Blue Beetle was owned by another company, there was another Blue Beetle before him. 
Um, okay. But we got a nice little crossover in the comics recently, and I think we're going to see that in the show, where uh, Ted Cord kind of became a mentor for Jaime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to see some of that in the show because in the background of the picture that they released yeah. the concept art you can Cord see Industries. Cord Industries in the background yeah. so I think we're going to see like Ted Cord taking a role as a um, as a mentor gotcha uh, that's cool man we also got the announcement apparently there's been some casting of Zatanna for an upcoming Zatanna movie really? okay um, Anna de Armas has been cast as her um, and literally the picture that I posted on Twitter that I got from um, an account that had posted it, like it's a side by side shot of her and Zatanna, and she looks like exactly like her. Dude, she was in Knives Out. She yeah, was fantastic. she was phenomenal in that movie. She did a really good job. And then is she the one that was in this in the latest James Bond movie? Yes, yes. She's the Bond girl in the oh, latest wow. Bond movie. Yeah, she's, she's perfect for Zatanna. Yeah, she, yeah. If you look, really if you look at her side by side with the picture of Zatanna, it's like it, it's her. It looks yeah. just like Zatanna. Um, we also got a trailer for the upcoming Gotham Knights uh, game, which I am still hyped for. The opportunity that to play looks really cool. Play as Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin, and to get the opportunity to fight the Court of Owls. Like I'm down. That's yeah, that game's. That really this cool. a game is designed for me. Like I'm down. And the trailer looks absolutely awesome. So like I'm I'm excited for 2022 and to see what that comes is. With that, that does feel like a game. They had your picture up on the wall in the production room as they were making the game. <laughs> like three of my favorite DC characters fighting the Court of Owls, and I'm like, let's go, you, man. Like let's go. I'm down. Um. So yeah, the trailer never really revealed anything new that we didn't know. We got a little bit some cool clips in it, so definitely go and check it out. But there's nothing major to talk about. Nothing revealed that we didn't know already. Um, but it still looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, we've got confirmation that Wonder Woman 3 is in production. Patty Jenkins is coming back to um, play that. Yay. Um, she's coming back to direct that. It's like, awesome. You know. Please don't suck. Hopefully it goes better than the last one did. Yeah. Please be better than the last one. Um, it can't be that hard to be better than the last one. I mean, let's be honest. We got confirmation of Peacekeeper series. This is going to be arriving at HBO Max on January 13th. Um, which from all the clips and stuff from that that we've been seeing in pictures, it looks like that's going to be a fun series. Yeah, it does look pretty fun. Um, so I'm definitely excited for that. And then the last big trailer we got was more of a behind-the-scenes look um, of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Mm-hmm. Which I love. Like We got the first Shazam took us into the story of like the kids getting their powers and stuff like that. And this one's just like really going to blow up and expand that world. Mm-hmm. I watched um, the clip after you told me about it right before the show. I watched it. It looks pretty good. Looks yeah, pretty cool. and it looks really cool. Like, um, we've got Helen Mirren and we've got Lucy Liu playing gods that are coming to face the Shazam family. And we're going to be traveling to all these different places, all these different worlds of mythology and stuff, which... It, as I told Nigel, like that's my bread and butter, like different lore yeah. and mythologies and all that sort of stuff. I am all for that. So, yeah. a lot of kind of fairly decent announcements. We got a couple of big ones, but honestly, not that much as I was expecting. Like compared to like well, last year's said- DC fandom, like it's definitely not as as big on announcement wise. Yeah, like you said, it was a it was a ton of like I think really small announcements. And a couple of big ones, like I think the, you got obviously the Black Adam and the Batman, and a, and a couple other like medium-sized ones. But even the big ones, I was like, 
I mean, like, they were hyping people up for the Batman trailer, like, for days. Mm -hmm. And, again, like, I'm not trying to be super critical of DC, which I know I have been in the past. But, for me, the trailer was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I I feel like the trailer should, like... But that's it, though. It's like mind, it's, but that's know? it. It's like it's a case of like we don't want to be super critical because like anything that we're critical with when it comes to DC, because we have been in the past, we've ripped DC yeah. a new one a few times. Oh, of course. But it's out of wanting them to succeed. Like I want to see better exactly. from them. And honestly, as a fan, I've got the right to say I know what I like. Yeah. And like and if was- if anyone watched the Batman trailer and is hyped for it, awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm not taking that away from you. I'm not trying to take it away. I hope you're excited for it. I want him to succeed. I want this to be good. Mm-hmm. But this is just like my feeling of it, and it's like I'm allowed to have an opinion. You know, I'm allowed well, to say like I, was, I don't feel hyped after this. I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but I was like, man, I was somebody at work. I was like, dude, DC. I think has, and this is coming from me. I'm a Marvel. I'm a Marvel guy. I love DC, but I grew up reading Marvel, and so those characters are like ingrained in my DNA. I feel like D- DC has arguably better characters. Generally speaking, obviously, generalized. That's a generalized statement. Yeah, um, a lot of people would and, agree and with the, you. A lot of great characters are over in that company. And the, the fact that they can't make a winning formula to push these characters to the to the forefront of the audience, it's just it's disappointing. So yeah, like, like you said, Cross, I, I want them to do really cool. I want them to do good stuff. I want like marvel and dc to kind of battle it out just like they do in the comics like because oh, that's yeah. how you get the best stuff i want them to be built up and i want them to be on the level of marvel i want to be like yeah. them competing movie for movie with each other yes and going blow to blow and the honest truth is they're not yeah like like wcw and and wwe back in the day Come yeah on, yes. yeah monday night war out like raw I want versus say- nitro let's do it yeah you know what i mean it's like and that's the thing that competition like back in the day, speaking of wrestling, like that competition was what made the companies better because they were competing Agreed. on that. That's Agreed. arguably why the product isn't as good today. Agreed. <laughs> you know what Nowhere I mean? It's near. Like, you yes. know what I mean? And it's like it's and it's the same for movies like this. Like what makes Marvel and DC better is like yeah, there's a there's a mutual respect there, but there should be a competition there. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that. It's like Marvel's raking in this money. DC should be looking at it, going, "I want that money." Yes. And. Yeah how do we get it and actually planning to get it not just forcing a justice league movie and watching it bomb and a failed attempt to get it yeah which by the way i don't know if you've seen that was trending as well on uh, yesterday during the whole dc fandom was restore the snyder verse was trending again which it's not gonna happen guys i know it's but not it's like going to happen but i think that's they, half... gave, they gave you the snyder cut that's all you're getting <laughs> but i think that's half the issue is dc is not or Warner Brothers at the very least are not listening to the fans and what they actually want. They're presenting all these things, like here's all these like DC shows, here's all these DC movies that are coming, here's all this stuff. They are literally screaming what they want. Yeah. And Warner Brothers is like, no. Yeah. Like I mean, if you wanted to test it, you tested it. You released yeah. the Snyder Cut of Justice League, something which, I'll be honest, I did not think was going to happen. You proved me wrong yeah. on that. Damn. And the success of that on HBO Max should have told you that this is worth pursuing. Look, the w, uh, Warner Brothers basically said, here, we're going to throw you guys a bone, 
And they literally said almost that verbatim. Like, we're giving this because the fans want it, but we're going a different direction after this. The only reason you got it is because you scream loud enough. I have never seen... And, and it's a one-and-done thing, I think. I have never seen a group of fans screaming so hard that they want to give a company their money. Yeah. And a company saying, no. Mm-hmm. Like, they are literally telling you, if you do this, we will be throwing our money at you to see it. And, the, comp- and the company's going, no. Here's my thought, man. Like, and uh, we're getting on a DC thing here, but it's it's got to happen, man. Yeah. Uh, DC is focused on all these tertiary characters that a lot of people don't really care about. And I'm not saying they're not good characters, but they're not the best characters. Yeah, and they can't get the main their main characters right. I think if they would if they went with the approach of getting their main characters right, then they would have more leeway. They would have more say so, and you know, developing properties for these other characters. Even and people would be vested in that because you you got the main characters right. Well, yeah, think about it. Think with Marvel, like, see when they were launching the MCU, the first phase. Do you think anyone? would have cared about Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy if they hadn't succeeded with Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, if they hadn't succeeded with these characters that people are at least vaguely aware of. Because at the time they weren't household names. Yeah. Whereas like DC, you legitimately have household names. Yeah. Again, arguably better than Marvel characters. Bigger at least... Yeah, bigger, bigger at least they are they're within pop culture batman yeah. superman wonder woman flash aquaman are all known at the very least as pop culture references yes at the very least if not more people who have never read a comic in their life know superman's origin story speaking of characters as well where's our superman movie as well can i just say i've never seen fans screaming for a movie so much and an actor portraying him so desperate to play the character that they're just not willing to (laughs) do it yeah he's like he's literally staying in perpetual perpetual superman shape (laughs) just in case i'm not saying he's only doing that just for super oh no i adore henry cavill and hate him at the same time it is so not fair that that man (laughs) is in that good physique and shape and is also a geek henry cavill and is also a geek and a nerd and builds his own gaming pc and all this like stop it that is not fair to the rest of us it's really not the next couple plays out mister (laughs) it's like be crap at something Please give me a fighting chance somewhere. Like, surely, for all come of us on. Normal people. For all of us normal, regular guys, like, come on. Yeah, how dare you be what I see in the mirror when I look in the mirror? <laughs> exactly, you are. Exactly, it's like that. How dare you be like that? The thing that I would love to be, but I have no drive to go to the gym that often and earn that. <laughs> yeah, man. He's he's basically like, dude, call me, call me. I'm ready immediately. I'm right now. I'm ready to do Superman. We can film tomorrow. Call me. And they're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. They weren't that. even willing to call him for the end of Shazam. He was meant to appear at the end of Shazam, and they literally got someone in the Superman suit and filmed them from here down. Like he was legitimately willing to do it, and they wouldn't put him in it. And I'm like, I don't get Why? it. That does not make sense. I just, I don't. Make no sense. I like so, but yeah, with DC fandom, I think that's the thing. Like, I'm excited for some of the stuff they're doing. But at the same time, I'm like, I just, I don't understand some of the stuff. 
Like just put Jim Lee in charge. Just put Jim Lee in charge of the cinematic universe and just be done with it. I'm like, I just, I don't get it. There's some great stuff coming out of DC fandom. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm excited with some of the stuff they're doing, but like, I'm excited for the upcoming Titans new season. Like, I've been loving that show. I think it's been great. Don't get me wrong. Season three literally became Bat Family plus a couple of Titans. Mm. But like, I've, I've been I seen re- it yet. I haven't seen that yet. It's worth checking out. I think. Um, it's definitely been an enjoyable th- show for the most part. And um, yeah. So there's some great stuff coming out like i'm excited for the gotham knights game coming out i'm excited for uh the shazam movie i think they're doing great with that character the batman for the most part i'm excited for not necessarily off of this trailer mm-hmm. and there's a couple of things but for the most part i'm excited to see what robert pattinson can do yeah i just there's some no, things well not I'm, as hyped as i thought it would be about that movie man no like i'm not that hyped for that wonder woman 3 like i'm not excited for after wonder woman 84 wonder woman 3 like after Wonder Woman eighty four, it was like I'm okay, like really, yeah. you know. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like I'm not as hyped after fandom as I as I wished I could have been. Yes, yes, you yeah. Because like you said, last year's was like crazy. What? Yeah. What did they announce it last year? They showed the the actual Batman three uh, teaser, right? Yeah, like I'm trying yeah. to even remember what we showed last year, but we like, we had a whole podcast dedicated to it, and it was like because we we chatted oh, yeah, that's ages right. about we did. it. We had a whole episode on it. Oh uh, yeah, they showed the Gotham Knights for the first time. They showed Black Adam and all that stuff. So they basically reshowed everything that they showed last year. Yeah, <laughs> they basically were like yeah, we're a bit further along with all of this stuff than we were last year. <laughs> we got some cool stuff to show you. Let's rewind last year's tape. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right, but yes, so so yeah, before we start, just making this a ripping DC show because that's way too easy for us to do. Um. We are, of course, going to be jumping into talking about Marvel What If today and finishing up our review from last week, looking at episodes five to nine. Just before we get into that, though, I do have a couple of things I want to mention. Um, First of all, since I'm going to be shouting out stuff, I may as well shout out our sponsor, BCW. Put the link in chat. Um, BCW is a company that basically supplies all things for collectibles and memorabilia to be protected, displayed, and kept safe. Um, if you're a comic collector, chances are you know about BCW and the stuff that they supply, but if you need bags, boards, long boxes, frames, folders, hard cases, anything that you use for collecting your comics, you can pick them up there. As well as if you collect uh, Magic the Gathering cards, things like that for card games, tabletop games, they provide protective cases for that. If you collect music, uh, records, CDs, DVDs, anything like that. Oh, no worries, Nitro. Nitro apparently cannot hear me, so I'm just going to go for a rant. Um, <laughs> ooh, that does not look good. See if he comes back. Give me one sec. But yeah, so you can go ahead and click on that link um, to head over to BCW and use code Comics Cross to save 10%. At least you were centered. Yeah, I mean, at least I was centered. Logical robot. Hello, chats. Lost access to my account. Finally got it back. Followed the channel. Waiting for a stream. And now I have to follow again. Twitch is broken. Good to see you guys. Wow. That sounds like a heck of a time, Logical robot. But we're so glad you're here with us today and that you're able to join us. Um, I have no idea what's happened to Nitro. He has just disappeared. Um, but you. Can you guys hear me okay through the... Is it coming through chat okay? Like, my volume and stuff like that? 
hopefully it's not an issue on our end but yeah so please go ahead and um check out our sponsor bcw and we are big comic book guys we're comic book collectors so like i've got comic book stuff don't know if you can see it down there i actually have a long box here with bcw's logo on it and um, so yeah i'm gonna you know let me actually i don't know if i can go with my solo camera because i'm in discord so because for some reason it doesn't pick up so i'm just gonna keep talking and hope nitro comes back at some point point. Um, so i'm actually going to chat about an awesome conversation i got to have this week Um I got to sit down with Dr. Baron Bell, who, if you've followed the show for any length of time, um, you'll know as a guest that we've had on talking about Dominion, Fall of the House of Saul. I got to sit down and talk with him and his co-writer, co-creator on Dominion, Daniel Hancock, um, about an upcoming panel. We announced the, I think I mentioned it last week, and we mentioned it the last couple of weeks, that there's going to be a live panel talking to Christian creators in comics and animation. Um, so we got to sit down and talk. Let me throw up the official flyer as we were able to finally share it. Um, so taking place on November 21st, the Sunday, uh, from 1pm to 4pm. Uh, the main thing it's going to be on is on Facebook Live over at Terminus Media on their Facebook page. Um, but we are looking at getting it streamed over here to Twitch and um, to our Twitch channel so that if you all want to keep following us here on Twitch and stay up with the conversation and um, you can definitely do that but we have a lot of amazing creators and um, coming on as part of it and um, let me go through just some of their background stuff so I'm going to try to pull the flyer up itself on here so I can actually see the names because I can't see it on my screen now. Technical issues, got to love them. Um, so of course on our... Ah, well, that sounds interesting. Um, so Baron Bell actually came and approached us and asked myself and Nitro to be the official hosts of this. So following our meeting this week, um, we are actually going to be basically taking over the whole streaming of it. We are going to be in control of that side of things, hosting it, uh, modding the thing. So you'll be able to tune in live and hear the conversation. You'll be able to... Um, join in with the conversation, ask questions. We've got, uh, starting from left to right, we have Barry Cook, uh, probably most famously known for director of Disney's Mulan from 1998, um, and also involved in an upcoming Jesus film project. Uh, Mitch Breitweiser, um, known for working with Marvel and creating the comic book character Red Rooster. He's the owner of a new um, company called Allegiance Arts Comics. Uh, then we have Sergio Cariello, can't speak apparently, um, who is a guy who is like known for having worked alongside DC and Marvel and is basically still doing some work for them here and there. Um, is also the artist behind the Action Bible, is going to be live on the show. We've got Daryl Pennington and Matt Baker, the creators behind um, Samson Rising, the comic book released by Terminus Media. Uh, they also have a history of working with uh, Disney uh, from about 15 years ago. So any of your sort of Disney classic stuff, they've worked fairly um, frequently with. So we'll be able to talk to all of these amazing creators about this. And then, of course, we also have Dr. Baron Bell, 
um, and Daniel Hancock, the creators of Dominion, um, will be on the panel as well. All these creators will be talking about um, having been Christians, working with in comic books, like the massive comic book companies, and working with Disney, and their times from having worked there, what their current projects they're working on are, and talking a little bit about um, the upcoming Dominion um, spin-off series where they're going to be looking at the judges. Um, the Dr. Bell spoke about it when he was on the show, um, so we are so excited to be part of this and to be able to bring this to you guys. It'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, no, we can definitely hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. Can you see me? Uh, there we go. All right, yeah. Technical issues. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you see me? Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, we can see. Sorry, it was just it was catching up. It was because I had the screen up. It like it freezes it for some reason on the uh, stream. Okay, got it, got it. Um, yeah, I don't know what was going on, but yeah, I'm super pumped about that panel, dude. That's yeah, crazy. that's gonna be crazy. So the meeting I had with Doctor Bell and with Daniel Hancock this week was absolutely phenomenal. I got to sit down and actually chat with those guys, kind of get a feel of it. Awesome. Um we got massively complimented from the guys like and um, from the work that we do here so it's like so it's a massive honor for them to think that we are on a high enough level and can help present this product in a in a high enough level to do it um and basically they asked us if they're hoping to do these panels in the future as well and they basically Sweet. asked us as long as we're willing to do it they're willing to have us host and mod it that's awesome and I, I basically accepted on our behalf <laughs> for as long as they'll have us we'll do it I gotta get with you just to get the layout of the of the of the panel and everything like that. That'd yeah, cool. so I'll need to talk to you because we're not going to be using our usual stuff for it. We're going to be using Streamyard yeah. and stuff, and just because okay. it's easier for the creators. So we've got our own stuff to learn for that side of it and our own research to do. Okay. Um, but we are going to be streaming it over to Facebook Live to Terminus Media over there. So if you want to follow it there, and then we're also going to be looking to stream it here to the Comics and the Cross channel. And um, cool. so it should be popping awesome. up live here. And I basically accepted taking over the the whole streaming responsibility for it so kind of like what we do for today in the podcast yeah and um, i basically signed us up for that like i'll be running the tech side of things both of us will be asking questions and hosting and you nice. can you'll be taking main majority of keeping an eye on chat kind of like you do for us yeah. um, Absolutely. and i said basically as long as i've got nitro with me i said we can we can do that We've, we'll handle it we can take care of that easily because of course look at the freaking names that are on there like people that have legitimately worked with disney and marvel and dc like do you want to come and talk to them on a panel like yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so like yeah i don't know how, i don't know how we pulled this one off um we're just that good i mean what can you say i was saying to some of the guys the other day and i said i said i keep waiting for dr bell to like realize he made a mistake asking us to do it i'm just hoping he doesn't notice beforehand you know, I mean, it's like, but I, of course we are completely excited and completely just taken aback that we were invited to be part of this and yeah. are so grateful that we get to be part of it and also share it with all of you and the Comic Clan can come. So make sure you join us live for that November 21st, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, either on the Terranus Media Facebook or here at Comics in the Cross on Twitch. Um, yeah make sure you join us live because you'll have the opportunity to ask questions there's going to be giveaways there's going to be and trust me there's a lot of giveaways he told me about some of the stuff that's coming we're they're looking to get giveaways from pretty much all of these creators that's so awesome comics artwork upcoming project stuff is trust me you're going Wait, to are we allowed it. to enter 
I was going to say that and like that's like do I try and be good do I try and be good like I'm a host I shouldn't end or I should leave it for other people and I'm like they're giving away this stuff and I'm like, I want it like, I want to give this stuff conversation be like I just just to, just to be on the on the same level here uh, we are allowed to enter right and I was going to say I was like can we enter is that okay is like because if we win it is like I don't want it to be a case of like that oh you just gave it to the host I'm like, no 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 I want it <laughs> I'll fight tooth and nail for some of this stuff um but yeah so like you definitely want to be part of this and we are so excited for that yeah um so yeah i just wanted to pitch that out there and make you all aware of that november 21st we've officially got it in the books all the creators have officially um confirmed now from what dr That's bill tells awesome. me so all the creators that are on there have officially confirmed they'll be there and um, and for them from what i'm aware should be there from one to four okay. the only ones that might drop out before the very end are the creators for samson rising okay um, and that's because they're in australia so like oh. these guys are legitimately no like these guys are legitimately getting up to join us like four o'clock in the morning their time Jeez. to be part of this panel and the only reason they may have to duck out early is because they legitimately have to go to work <laughs> like it's 7 a.m <laughs> so like they might duck out before the end which so if you want to hear from them we're going to try and prioritize their stuff earlier so make yeah, sure yeah. you um are there early if you want to hear from them and um, but yeah, I'm I'm hyped for this. This was an amazing Man, conversation so to have cool. with them. So I'm definitely going to eat, like sit down and chat with you, Nitro, and go over our stuff for that. Yeah, absolutely. But like, yeah, this is this is 100 the biggest thing we've ever been involved in, and I'm like, I, I yeah, this is going to be a highlight in my streaming career for a long time. Oh, yeah. This one. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So yeah, so we'll keep you updated with anything that goes on with that. Um. Yeah, I wanted to throw that out there. But we've got Nitro back. Tech issues are dealt with, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully gone. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the audio just cut out. <laughs> and uh, you froze on Discord. So, nice. what happened. And then a little pop-up said, I think you're having audio issues. I'm like, no no kidding. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But I'm glad we were able to fix it and get you back okay. Yeah. Because I just saw that you're, you kind of like typed that in chat and then all of a sudden you were gone. <sighs> yeah. I missed the tech issues. This is what happens when you go early. <laughs> we just wanted to get the tech issues out of the way before you popped into chat, Locke. What's up, Isaac? What's up, Locke? Hey, guys. There's some shouts for them. Yeah. For Locke and for Infinity Bros. And um, hope you guys are doing good. But yeah, so we are now, of course, going to be jumping into talking about Marvel's What If. Because um, we're almost an hour in, and we probably should talk about the actual topic of the day. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Hey, Mask Geek Corner! How are you doing, sir? Good to see you. Can we do a shout out for Mask Geek Corner as well? While we're yes. at it. And um, but yes. Earning my money today. Doing good, Matt. How are you doing, sir? Thank you so much Thanks for stopping by. Um, so we are going to go full spoilers for episodes five to nine of Marvel's What If. If you have not seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, please um take the chance to duck out. Go and finish it yourself. You can catch up with this on YouTube or wherever you find your podcasts. It will be uploaded this week. Um, but we are going to go full spoilers for this because we need to talk about this whole thing. Yep. Spoilers in three, two, one. Tony Stark dies for like the fifth time. In this and series. Tony Stark dies. And Tony Stark dies. <laughs> uh, three hour stream, go. <laughs> yeah, look. <laughs> Uh, glad you're doing good, Matt. Hope you're getting the chores done okay. Hope it is going well. 
thank you for hanging out with us while you're doing some chores. Appreciate having us on to keep you company while you're doing that. Um, so yeah, we are going to jump into this. The Kind of like what we talked about last week. Episodes 5 to 9 were kind of a grab bag for me. Like some of yeah. my absolute favourite episodes were in this. I absolutely adored some of these. Some of them, I, I arguably one of these is my least favourite of the entire series. Maybe even more than like episode 3. Party Thor? No, actually. Really? Uh, Killmonger. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. I, I went into this it going going over the episodes, like taking some notes before the stream, saying this is these last five episodes are probably some of the best. And then after I reviewed them, I'm like, I honestly, I only really liked a couple of them, but the couple that I did like were phenomenal. They were really good. Like, yeah. I told you an absolute point in the MCU, apparently. Yeah, and apparently every universe, Isaac. Like, every universe, Tony dies somehow. I thought it was strange episodes was the strongest by my country. Well, absolutely logical. That was, that was one of our favorites. We talked about that in uh, last week's episode. We've done episode four, the Doctor Strange Supreme, and that by by far is one of my favorite episodes in this. Yes, yes. In the entire series, like that Doctor Strange, like I loved it and every note that I had. Yeah, and just for uh, just for sake of conversation today, even though we have five episodes left that we're going to cover, we're going to. We're gonna kind of combine the last two episodes because it's kind of a one. Last two two's part. a two-parter. Let's be honest; yeah. like it's it's a two-parter episode. Um, yeah, I was like, I wasn't a fan of Party Thor. Same. My least favorite though is probably the Killmonger episode because, as much as like watching a Party Thor or watching like episode three with the murder mystery stuff and all that, like as much as they were episodes I wasn't a big fan of. Legitimately, I felt bored. Yeah, watching the Killmonger saves Tony Stark episode, mm-hmm. like I literally felt bored. Like I, I honestly felt like okay, we must be nearing the end of this. Checked the time on it, and it was only fifteen yeah. minutes in. We were halfway yeah. through, and I'm like, what in the world's going to happen for the rest of this? Apparently, yeah. nothing. See, I, I kind of felt like that with the Party Thor episode, but they did have some cool stuff in the Party Thor that I really liked. Like I, I loved Frost Giant Loki. Yeah, that there was some cool elements to it, and I was like, I never felt bored with it. Yeah, I never felt bored yeah. with that episode. I wasn't a massive fan of it, but at least something happened, a little bit. Yeah, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. It was still enjoyable, but my least favorite episode. Yeah, and that's I it. It's like I, I totally get it. If that's your least favorite, I understand that completely. Um, hey. can I just say as well how how hysterical it is? That one of the reoccurring characters that apparently is here to like try and help save everything in multiple universes is Captain Marvel. Yeah. And not a single version of her is picked for Guardians of the Multiverse. <laughs> she's brought in uh, like in episode three, she's brought in along with Captain America as like the last people standing when the Avengers are taken out. Mm-hmm. She's brought in to deal with Thor when his partying could destroy the Earth. She goes Which to take on. Cool she goes to take on Infinity Ultron when he's basically taken over the entire universe before she gets wiped out. Like yep. we are pushing hard that M- Captain Marvel is one of the strongest beings to take on all these threats. Not yep. one single version of her shows up in the Guardians of the Multiverse. <laughs> Like, I don't know why I found that hysterical like really you pushed her this hard you're not even going to include a version of her you know what I thought was pretty balled up is like towards the end when they were when they were like putting together the guardians of the multiverse and there was Tony Stark uh, with um, Itri the elf 
or the dwarf rather sorry mm. um and they were like yeah we're not taking you <laughs> i'm like dude y'all are just crapping all over iron man slash tony stark oh I don't yeah know i appreciate it oh yeah i'm sorry i'm just looking at logic's um logic's yeah. comment like yeah i absolutely get it it's like i that was the thing for me this is the first of the disney plus shows that i watched where i was like there's all there's hits and misses yes there's some that yes. really struck a chord for me and some of them struck a good chord even the second time round. like mm-hmm. i wasn't massive on the captain carter episode but when i rewatched it a second time i found myself enjoying it a lot more um, yeah, but, but there's I some mean, like th- legitimate ones i'm like oh that didn't hit that yeah there's a good hit. portion of them and not a small portion there's a good portion of them where i'm like Meh. but the same thing kind of like logical saying like marvel should be commended for even attempting these and and that's yes. the thing i feel like the show really reflects the comic the what if mm-hmm. comics because the what if comics were literally hey let's try this yeah and some isaac, of them are massive hits and some of them are not you know agreed yeah isaac said i like the killmonger episode but it was similar to the captain carter episode some different elements would basically reach the same conclusion as their mcu counterparts yeah i yeah. agree it was basically iron man one and black panther smashed into a 30-minute a episode with you know with obviously with some differences because yeah. it's a what if but yeah and what isaac's saying there as well and um, we also lost an episode from this season because of like covid issues really? um iron man gamora episode like when gamora is like killed thanos because she shows up in the final episode yeah that episode setting that up was meant to be part of season one oh i did not know that. Um, and it wasn't able to be so like we kind of just got thrown in with this extra character apparently they're yeah. going to include it in season two so we oh, are go- so like, we are going to get the episode but like yeah that was kind of like how we got to see like you know captain carter doing the start of winter soldier or star lord saving like uh, t'challa saving peter quill and we got to see continuations of stories the gamora iron man one was meant to be a continuation of that hmm, because okay. like it's meant to be she defeats thanos and then we see them obviously at where the gauntlet was forged like melting yeah. it back down that's meant to be like the next step in their story but we just didn't get the story logical i will agree with you uh I, I think i said this last week the animation i it's not that i don't know if i don't like it but in some aspects of some of the episodes it definitely took me out mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it was when they were doing trying to do close-ups and like an emotional with an emotional string in a scene i didn't really i don't want to say none of it paid off but some of them didn't pay off i think the animation kind of took me out in, in, in some spots i feel like the animation was strongest in the second half in the last two episodes Agreed. i felt like in ultron wins and the watcher like breaking his oath i feel like the animation really fit there i didn't feel like there was any moments in either of those where it took me out well, especially the beginning of episode eight when it's just black widow and hawkeye i thought that that was one of the strongest openings of any of the what if yeah episodes. it was that really was so well done. cool man so cool so like yeah there's there's a lot of great moments to this and there's some that just are not hit. and again as i've said before for this this is going to be completely our opinions and our takes on this if you enjoyed the episodes or if the ones that we liked that you didn't that's perfectly fine you're allowed yeah, to enjoy okay. or not it's okay like... to be wrong <laughs> you're allowed to like and not like what you want but we are going to be going into oh camera's freezing we are going to be going into um what our thoughts were on this so we are going to start of course on one for another that we've not mentioned in the opening here yet but was one that a lot of people were excited for when as soon as the trailer for what if originally dropped what if zombies i love first of all that that's the title yeah that's it um 
the second episode where Hank Pym and his family are responsible for basically the world going to crap first he went on a murderous rampage killing the Avengers and this time he also went on a murderous rampage killing the Avengers just as a zombie I just don't really like him I feel sorry for Hank Pym. He has gotten so much crap in the comics for so many years because of that one slap to his wife that they continually bring up. He's never allowed to like be forgiven for Nobody it. Nobody will ever let him live that down. No one is allowing him to live that down. And it comes to the MCU, and he's still just getting crap. Like this man is an original in event. In the in the one in the one multiverse story in the sixties where you slapped your wife. Remember that? Yeah, you're gonna be the villain in every single property moving forward. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, like, the guy, like, this is your chance to reset him. No, we're just going to keep crapping on him. Like, this guy's an original Avenger in the comics. He's one of the original five members of the Avengers, like, from the uh, from the original comic run. And I'm like, and this is the legacy he gets? Like, really? Pretty much. Skeet Spot update. Hey, so Ad's coming in with the host. Thank you so much, Ad's. Appreciate it. Community. Thank you. Just in time. You've basically been rambling in crap for the last hour, so you're basically just in time for us getting into episode 5 so welcome on in and thank you for that host my friend so I love the fact there's this the opening for this one is just really cool like it literally picks up with like Hulk crashing to earth like at the start of yeah. Infinity War mm-hmm. and it literally just picks up with like yeah that's not your biggest worry anymore <laughs> Yeah, it is like he just steps into this like apocalyptic world um, what did you think of this episode then what did you think of like this opener and stuff and Bruce Banner so, being the start of it all I thought it was pretty cool uh, I've never gotten onto the, the Marvel Zombies train um, that has never been my, my shtick I guess So, but I thought the episode was really cool I thought the, um, some of the parts like the Scarlet Witch Zombie and when Hope turns into giant wasp mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what we want to call her, but towards the end of the thing, that was that was super cool, and some of the train fight uh, was awesome uh, with her and Cap. Um, it wasn't one of my favorites, to be honest, um, but I definitely liked it better than Party Thor, and I dang sure liked it better than the Killmonger episode. So, but yeah, it was it was okay. I enjoyed was okay. this episode. Like, I I'm gonna say it off the bat, I'm a fan of like zombie stories and zombie lore. Like, I I love that sort of stuff and. I know it's kind of overplayed and overdone now, but there's still a part of me that still has a soft spot for a good zombie mm-hmm. story if it's done well. Um, especially like this, I enjoy like a story where it's you're telling it slightly differently. They're not your typical stuff. Like I automatically intrigued from the get go. Um, can, can can I just give a quick shout out for the Madman Vision, who basically fed Scott Lang piece by piece. The Scarlet Witch and kept his head alive in a jar. Yeah, can we just can we just can we just call that out? I was, I'm so intrigued by that. Like, like, why did you keep him alive? Like, why did you keep the head? Oh like, if you're just feeding them to like the Scarlet Witch anyway, why did you keep the heads? <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. Paul Rudd in a jar, flying around using Doctor Strange's cape is amazing, but. But yeah, like I I love the zombies in this because I found it really intriguing. That the zombies either kept their powers and abilities. That was cool. That was a cool part. Yes. Or kept enough intelligence to know how to use things. Like Tony Stark zombie still able to use the suit. 
Doctor Strange and Wong zombies still able to use magic. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like a case of, like, they were just dumb zombies. Like, no, if they had these abilities when they were alive, they were still able to use them. Like, Scarlet Witch Zombie is still as powerful as she was before. Maybe even more so because she's not holding back anymore. Uh, I both love and hate that so many typical zombie tropes came up in that episode. Absolutely, Log. I I think they've done well with it. Because I love the fact that we basically got thrown into it. I love the aspect of it being an Infinity War stop off yeah. where everything just got derailed like Thanos is coming it doesn't matter the world's gone um, I love the comedy relief of Paul Rudd's head in, in a jar that, that was that was a really really funny part of the episode that I really liked yeah it's like he was a great part of it and I'm glad I love the fact as well that the, the heroes that we followed changed because like, we started off with Bruce Banner and he thinks he's getting saved from the Black Order and of course it turns out he's getting saved by Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, and Wong, who eat the Black Order, um, and turn them into zombies, and he ends up being saved on multiple occasions by Doctor Strange's cape. Who mm-hmm. can I just say, by the way, like one of the breakout stars of this whole series is Doctor Strange's like cloak of levitation. Heck yeah, dude! Like that that cape has got a freaking personality. Like I'm he telling had a proper you, cape battle. He had a cape battle in episode four, episode five. He's like he's legit saving people. Um, but Bruce gets taken out of there by Spider-Man, who saves him, um, and we start to get introduced to our characters, like, uh, uh, what was it, like, our first survivors, like Bruce Banner, Spider-Man, Hope, Vendorios, right? um, yeah, Okoye, uh, Bucky, Sharon Carter, Happy, and then Kurt, the dude from Ant-Man, He's randomly oh, yeah, there as well, right. Polka Dot right. Man. <laughs> Book it up, man, in another life. Um, what did you think as well? That was something I was going to ask. So we get our group of survivors, and then we get like our flashback of how the whole zombie virus started. What did you think of the introduction of the virus, that it was something that Janet Van Dyne contracted while in the quantum realm? I don't know. I feel like that's going to be revisited at some point, uh, maybe in the next uh, Ant-Man movie. Like, there's actual stuff that can infect you in the in the quantum realm. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't really think about it that hard, but uh, yeah. I feel like that's definitely going to be a payoff in the movies. I kinda, Somehow. I don't know. I don't know if we'll see a payoff in the movies just because, like, this is basically them opening up the door to their their version of Marvel Zombies, mm-hmm. which I can see as, like, in future what if seasons getting more zombie episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, because, like, obviously the story kind of stopped, like, with them going to Wakanda, the survivors and stuff, so I can see us getting more of that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like this introduction of like how the virus came to be because it was something different. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a random virus. It's not like they're experimenting on stuff. It's something in the quantum realm, which like yeah. you kind of have to go like, oh well, that's believable because you can't argue. We don't and know anything about it. You can't so argue and say that that's not there. And um, so Janice and yeah, you can't logic your way out of that one. Um, and I also love as well that they kind of mentioned the fact of that the infection was bad. But funnily enough, when the Avengers stepped in to try and stop it, that's when everything basically went to crap. Mm-hmm. Because like immediately they get infected. Hank bites cat. We have superpowered zombies. And then we've got superpowered zombies, so this starts to go global on a superpower scale, and it's like... Yeah. And that's when everything basically went to crap from there. Um, yeah. 
Shout out as well, we then get to see the survivors' base, which I loved was like the train carriages like webbed up between buildings. Yeah. To keep it safe from the zombie yeah. attacker. Like that was a really cool base of operations. I loved that. Can we give it up for Spider Man's new suit, which is basically his far from home suit? Yeah. Uh, with with the cloak of levitation. With the cloak of levitation, which do you know what I love as well? I love the fact the cloak of levitation Spider Man is the one that everyone shows pictures of. I love the fact that like, that's the one the Funko Pops for. Yes. And let's be honest, the breakout star of the for the cape is him and the Paul Rudd head. Oh like, yeah, Ant Man's head, right. and I'm like, everyone focuses on Spider Man getting that cloak. He doesn't keep it for that long. Like Ant Man, essentially, his head is a head in a jar with a cloak around it that's flying that's him so about. Cool. I'm like, that that's more of a break. I want a Funko Pop of that. Like, give me a Funko Pop yes. of that one. I want to see that a floating, a floating Paul Rudd head in a jar with a, with a cloak. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I love it. It was interesting that Spider-Man kind of took like a a front and center position in this story that yeah, I wasn't expecting. I like yeah. he was very, he was very much the provider of hope that mm. it was a way through this that they could keep fighting and keep going. And and I love the fact that they commented on like like Hope actually asked him like when they fight off some of the zombies like she gets infected, and she has a moment of like how do you how do you stay so hopeful how do you keep going and you start to really delve into which i've talked to my friends before about this and they've never really got a chance to talk about it here but spider-man has no right to be as optimistic as he does this guy has got a messed up backstory with so much loss a lot of which he's responsible for yeah and yet he's always hopeful he always yeah, keeps going. That's why a lot of people like flock to him as a as a superhero. <laughs> as I always say, Locke's comment there, Ant Man and Cape just reminds me of Al Gore and Futurama. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um but yeah, it was really interesting that he kind of took the one of the front and center roles of this, especially as like very quickly we started losing people. Mm-hmm. Like very quickly like they go to Grand Central Station with the opportunity to go to New Jersey because mm-hmm. they start picking up a trace from there that um, a cure's been found yeah um, and it's at the old army base where Cap was mm-hmm. was trained so they start heading out there so they go to the train station to head there and like literally from the get go once that happens people just start dropping every yeah. scene we start losing people because that's when Hope gets bit that's when Hope gets bit. That's when we lose Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, who, oh, yeah, that's right. Who almost eats Sharon Carter instead. And who's blast. wearing one of Iron Man's gauntlets, by the way? Blam, blam. <laughs> blam, blam, blam. Are you saying blam? Was I? <laughs> you were actually saying it. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Like, oh, i got to love Happy. Um, but, yeah, so we have that. Um. We have him taken out. They get the train on the go. Like Spidey has to like use his webs to like basically rocket launch this thing and use all his strength because the engine's not starting on this train. Yeah. They get everyone on board. They launch it, and then we get the scene that from the trailer that everyone knows, like the zombie coming through the roof and looking up, and it's Cap. Yeah. And um, who takes out Sharon Carter? Mm-hmm. Then we get Bucky versus Cap. And Bucky like literally uses his shield to slice Cap in half. 
mm-hmm. and had them fall out the train so he starts carrying the shield around with him which I'm like okay I'm glad he got the shield at some point in some way yeah I know right it took Cap and Falcon becoming zombies for him to get it but you know we'll take it <laughs> um, but that's when Hope gets scratched and stuff and they arrive as close as they can get because the train runs out of fuel and we get one of the cool scenes that you talked about of Hope deciding to sacrifice herself by becoming giant and literally walks really, through really this cool. massive zombie horde holding the rest of the survivors mm-hmm. such a cool cool yes, scene that was awesome for her delivering them in there and it just like literally falls back and collapses into the zombie horde yeah I like that that was probably my favorite scene of the whole show yeah, that was a really cool, really well done scene. Seeing her walking and all the zombies crawling up, the zombies are literally coming around her face and like yeah. just engulfing her. It's like it was so so cool, so well yeah. done. And then you had Hulk because he sacrificed himself too, like so they could get on the on the jet, right? Yeah, he or sacrifices. He sacrifices himself right at the end. Hulk finally comes back out, and. After which I love the fact that Bruce runs into the zombies at the end and doesn't know if Hulk's going to come out or not. It's just kind of a hopeful thing of like he's going to show up. Um, and of course he has the big fight with Scarlet Witch because as Nitro talks about, we got the whole vision has like got the cure for some reason. Like the Mind Stone, like something that's a mitten, like pushes the zombies back. Mm-hmm. Um, and to atone for like the fact that he's been like calling people there and basically killing them and feeding them to Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and um, because he can't cure her, her powers are stopping her from being cured like other people. And mm-hmm. um, because that was one of the things as well that uh, we didn't mention, like Paul Rudd's head, like you know Ant Man's head being there, he was actually a zombie, and yeah. he was one of the ones that was cured. And but his head is basically left. He's been feeding her. We get we find T'Challa, who was cured but is now missing a leg because Vision took it off to feed her. Yeah. Um, but he starts to feel guilt and basically to atone for his sin he like smashes out the stone to give to them basically kills himself and kills himself Uh, this of course stops holding the zombies back though so they start to get swarmed by all these zombies that they just came through as well as a scarlet witch powered zombie who who we see later on in the series by the way yeah which I love the fact of like was his face cut and keeps yelling Baba Yaga like the witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, yep, at our most terrifying level, absolutely. Yeah, because um, it's like unbridled Scarlet Witch. Yeah, it's not held back by anything. And then of course, like you said, we got Hulk kind of holding it back, and then T'Challa basically like the last stronghold is Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So we get Black Panther with a missing leg, Spider Man, and Ant Man's head with Doctor Strange's cape as the final survivors heading to Wakanda. The trio. So that was cool. Um, as they're flying away as well, we also see Giant Wasp again, which is just mm-hmm. terrifying to think about that she's still yes. giant and a zombie now. Yes. Um, and then the very final scene is the arrival of Thanos. And the fact that they've established that these zombies can still kind of think and they still have their powers, and you hear you have Thanos zombie with a full infinity gauntlet is Yeah, like cool. with a five of the six stones in the gauntlet and it's like yeah. crap. Yeah. So like it was this was a fun episode, I felt. It was fun. It wasn't it was like fun. my absolute favourite episode. I don't feel like it was a massively in depth episode compared to some of the others. No. But it was fun. 
Like, yeah. they, of course they had to tell zombies. Like, the Marvel Zombies is its own thing in Marvel. Of course they eventually had to do a Marvel Zombies thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they kept it grounded because the Marvel Zombies comics start to go really out there. Really? I've never quickly. read any of them, man. Have you ever seen superheroes that are actually zombies empowered by the power cosmic because they ate the Silver Surfer? Oh, wow. Then you have not read the comics yet. <laughs> It goes off the rails so freaking fast. Although, interesting one to check out, there is actually an Army of Darkness Marvel Zombies crossover where Ash from Army of Darkness and Evil Dead fights the Marvel Zombies. Are you serious? Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's legitimately Jeez. a thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, just with Locke saying there, uh, that was a thing in the comics too, wasn't it? That they were still intelligent, just not normal anymore. Yeah, they still have their intelligence in it, so I like that they kind of kept that as well. Like, it's weird, like, they kind of, like, are almost in remorse of what they do in the comics. Like, they know what they're doing, but they can't really stop themselves. Huh. Uh, Locke also said, that reminded me of the Star Wars prequels where Ewan McGregor kept making the noises of his mouth while shooting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally don't remember that. <laughs> And Logical saying comedy undermined the episode a little. Wish they had gone darker, given popularity and the zombie theme. Was fun though. Yeah, I guess I can kind of see that. Like they could have gone darker with it, but I'm glad that at the same time that they didn't and they just kept it a fun episode because we've got enough like dark zombie media out there for me personally. So like keeping it a nice fun yeah. episode was like a decent road to go. Yeah. Like, and if you want to go really dark with Marvel zombies, like the comics definitely start going there. But it was a fun episode overall. I don't yeah, think it was. It was fun. It was a nice palate cleanser. I think after the Doctor Strange episode. Yeah. Which was a pretty heavy one. So this this brings us into the next episode, which is I know both you and I's favorite episode of the whole series. Killmonger. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? So basically, like at a high level, this plays out um, as if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark when he got blew up in the Humvee at the beginning of, of Iron Man 1. He never had that come-to-Jesus moment of what he was doing was wrong. And what happened if he and Killmonger worked, um, worked to build, build weapons and stuff? And obviously Killmonger double-crosses him. And he dies yet again in this series at the end. And uh, it plays out, again, like, very linear to Iron Man 1 and Black Panther at the same time. It's just a whole lot, more so than the first episode, I think, with Sharon Carter. It play, it's just a whole lot of stuff in one episode. I think for me, one, one big drawback was, like, I, I don't feel like Michael B. Jordan, when he was voicing the character... He was really not invested he was, he was not in the into least. It. He was not into it, right? That wasn't just me. Like, you know oh, he was doing. not invested in the least. Yeah. Moment, if like, you, if defining moment right that defines that that I completely like. If there was any other moment I felt it, and it was this one, was the moment when they've opened the shields for Wakanda, letting all the drones. Mm. They shut the shields, and uh, T'Challa's mom like leads all the army in to fight them, and Killmonger watching jumps onto one of the rhinos, and yells the battle cry, Wakanda forever. <laughs> wow you can even fake investment yelling wakanda forever really yeah you you have this guy he was annoying in this, in this show in this one episode and he has just no he's a phenomenal actor so that's that is that said 
he phoned it in on this episode, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the gist of the episode, obviously, is he is getting Tony Stark to build this stuff for him that he's had that he's had for a while in his brain that he wanted to build. And in turn, he kills Tony Stark. He makes it look like the Wakandans killed Tony Stark. So he's basically, it's like a triple cross. He then goes back to Wakanda. Yeah, he starts playing save them them, each other. Yeah, to save them from the army that is coming to attack them because they, he, they killed Tony Stark. So it's like a, you know, it's, it's, it's like a political intrigue type thing, but I don't think it's done that well. In my opinion, I think the episode is super boring. I feel like it's like taking Killmonger from Black Panther mm-hmm. and removing any purpose of what he's got. Yeah. Like the end goal like for like him in this episode feels like him trying to become Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But like it feels like it stops there. Yeah. Like, you know, in the Black Panther movie, like it's not just about that, it's about becoming Black Panther, it's about becoming king, it's about taking charge of Wakanda and his resources, it's about taking that out to the world and showing yeah. what his people can do. It's mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's this massive story. Mm-hmm. And then this one is like, oh yeah, I guess I could become Black Panther. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I could do that. <laughs> because like literally, it's him. Like he, he comes in, he saves Stark, and it's like, okay. And I thought, okay, maybe we're going to go somewhere different with the character. Maybe we're going to do something different with the Killmonger character because it helps. Like and like from the get go, the start of the episode, he like reveals that he knew the attack was coming. He found out Obadiah Stane was behind it. Overthrows yeah. him, he gets made head of security, automatically gets made COO, where Obadiah yep. Stane was. Like, Tony, like, elevates him and they become partners. Yeah. Working on yeah. this stuff, reveals his project to him, shows all this stuff. You know, they start building it, and we find out it's a whole thing to get the vibranium, so it sets up a whole interaction with Claw as well, which is the first double cross we see because he also. They make up a whole thing where Rory has to go and get the vibranium to try and keep their company out of it. Yeah. Um, and then like it's a whole double cross there where he uses it to take out um, he, like he leaked stuff to Wakanda so he could kill T'Challa and kill Rhodey um, and he's actually been working with Claw the whole time who he then double crosses at the Wakandan border like he does in the yeah. movie to deliver the guy who stole the vibranium mm-hmm. uh, when Tony finds out what he did because like Jarvis recorded this, everything that he'd done yeah. um, he kills him Billy uses the vibranium to like make his drones and stuff like that and has control of them it's like I just felt like it was one build up thing after another yeah and, like, and it was all this like political chess piece movement but there was no excitement to it because it was like and he's playing like the US and Wakanda off of each other and bringing them to war but I'm like at the same time though I was like why? Yeah, I, I don't understand why why are you bringing them to war is it literally just the same build up for Black Panther because I don't feel like it's leading to that Yeah, and even like him becoming Black Panther it's like it feels like it, it wasn't necessarily in his plans it just feels like it's kind of given because he's really underplaying himself when he meets the royal family and he meets his uncle and his aunt mm-hmm. and all this stuff yeah like what was the motivation behind his character in this in this episode it wasn't really like it feels like it wasn't really fully explained it feels like the motivation like it didn't matter yeah it feels like the motivation was meant to still be similar to black panther but they played it almost like a you've seen black panther right we don't have to we don't have to explain this bit (laughs) and it's like and it's like but at the same time though it didn't feel like it was building up to the same thing for me it just and it's like okay it became black panther okay we're getting good and shuri like it does not trust him goes to see pepper 
and goes to talk to them because the US is about to go to war and they're not listening to Pepper, like General Ross is not listening to her and the season control the Stark Industries um, to go after him. Um, he Killmonger is Black Panther, but like he's not king because T'Chaka's still there. He's not dead at this point. Yeah. And, like, is he is he trying to become king? He didn't make that clear because like the ultimate goal. Because in Black Panther, like obviously he came right out and challenged T'Challa. Yeah. And like now I'm taking this. Was Michael B. Jordan sleeping when he recorded the audio? <laughs> I can't. I can't tell was. if this is best. Is that is better or worse than Sebastian Stan in episode one? In my opinion, it's worse because it's the entire episode. Yeah, because like with Sebastian Stan's, like I feel like they just. It's like you could have done another read through of that. Yeah. But at the same time as well, like I think part of that was the writing was an issue. The writing in this feels like it isn't bad. Like the like, the lines he Rogers. like the lines he has here are not an issue. It's just the fact that like Nicole B. Jordan has like no emotion in delivering yeah. this, and I'm like, it's so sad. It felt falls so flat for me. It, it feels and like, I, for me. I think that that's a big part of my issue with this episode. It feels like he signed up to play Killmonger and Black Panther, mm-hmm. and thought it was a one time thing. And then somebody like came to him like last year and went, "Oh, by the way, you realize you've got this in your contract that you'll come back if they do something else with Killmonger." And they like, yeah. and they wanted to do this what if story with them, and like Michael B. Jordan had no interest in coming back to the character, but like done it out of literal contractual obligation. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like, and That's it's like definitely what it feels like because like the the dude's a great actor. Mm-hmm. I love Michael B. Jordan. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Agreed. But he's not invested, and I think that's the big thing. Is like, if he's not invested, why should I be? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it just—I felt like it was going nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. And the fact that he comes back and he's like one of the main big things, like in the last episode, I just—that was one of the things that took me out of the final episode a little bit. Was how much they relied upon Killmonger's character. Mm-hmm. and some of that but we'll get into exactly how that played out yeah yeah this episode is very reminiscent for me as far as like how i felt when i was watching it or after i was watching it um with the one where hank pym killed all the avengers yeah it was because it, it played out like a lot of the movies and i was just like this is not this is boring yeah i'm like you know, and i hate to be super critical but you know the only reason i hold that episode higher like episode three than this one it's because at least it was this like interesting murder mystery element to it, which, which don't get me wrong. I said as of last week that was spoiled for me, but the fact that that was even a thing, I'm like, okay, at least we're trying to do something with it. Yeah, this one was just honestly like a retreading. Um. Yeah. But anyway, are you ready to party? Go. Let's do this. Ready to party? We're gonna head to Las Vegas <laughs> for the party of a lifetime with Party Boy Thor. Get a fist pumping going. This one was fun. This one was fun. This was a really fun, like, funny, like, let's have a little bit of fun type of Yeah, that's... How many times I can say fun. Yeah, this one was just obviously meant to be a bit of a laugh. It was not meant to be a serious, serious episode. Um, Because the whole premise of it is, um, what if Thor were an only child? Exactly, look, viva Las Vegas. Vegas. (laughs) Because basically, like, the, the whole premise of it is basically what happens if an Odin found the prince loki of the frost giants and instead of essentially kidnapping him and bringing him back to asgard to raise what if he actually gave him back to his dad 
which really raised the question in my mind of like, why didn't he do that in the first place? Why did he? Yeah. Why in the world did he uh, ever take why did he keep him? I still don't get why he took him. Like, don't get me wrong. I get we have to do Loki's and his guardian and raised like that to build up the the bad guy. I still don't get why he ever took him. Like, he's yeah. a frost giant. I couldn't leave him there in the freezing cold. He's a what? frost giant. <laughs> That's what he does. That's their he entire frost. plan, and it's frost. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, Dude, one of the funniest parts of the episode for me is literally... Uh, what's her name? What's the queen's name? Oh, uh, Frigga. Yeah, so Frigga and, <laughs> and Thor are right beside Odin's like bed. And they're literally waiting for him to go to bed. Go to literally the moment he falls asleep. Okay, I'm going to see my friends. She basically goes and just gets drunk with her friends. I think that's probably one of the funniest parts of the episode. Yeah, she literally waiting like, <laughs> for him to go to sleep so she can go hang out with her friends. I'm like, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's um, But yeah, so this is basically the whole episode of what happens if Thor grew up with um, Loki as a brother. Yep. Um, There's not a lot to the episode. There's not a lot. It's, like, it's basically Thor partying on Earth is the whole thing. Yeah, it's it basically is very reminiscent of Thor for like the very beginning of the first Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Just basically, like if all the stuff that happened with Loki didn't happen in that movie, yeah, he just wouldn't have changed because he'd never have been banished. He'd never have gone and learned his lesson of what he's meant to be as a hero, and he just would have stayed, yeah, party boy and wanting to get drunk and, you know. All that sort Loki of stuff. Loki literally calls him brother from another mother in this episode. I love the fact that Frost Giant, Loki, and Thor are closer. They're super buddy buddy. Yeah, it's And hilarious. buddy buddy more than they ever were as actual brothers. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's hilarious. Which, it can I just, happy can I just shout out Tom Hiddleston in that episode, by the way? He just had so much fun in this episode. Oh, yeah. The way yeah. he portrayed Loki in this, he was just having a laugh. He was having so yeah. much fun with his role. That was awesome. With a completely like laid back version of Loki, and I like you're literally watching this going. I think Loki would have had a better life if he had just went back to the Frost Giants. He honestly wouldn't have looks like his oh. life would have been better. It's like so. Hear me out, Odin. How about we not kidnap this little baby and let him live his life like he was gonna? That would probably be better, better, better solution. Yeah, amazingly, he had a better life. Absolutely, look, we can shout yes. out Tom Hiddleston. Tom yeah, Hiddleston is amazing. Here, shout out, um, Hiddleston. There we go. Oops, see this thing? Apparently, Tom Hiddleston has an account. Who is that? I don't know, but um, but yeah, like he. Honestly, I love him in this episode just because, in contrast to Michael B. Jordan, who clearly had was done with the character and didn't realize he had other contractual obligations to come back. Tom Hiddleston is never leaving the character of Loki ever. Yeah, and never, came never. back with great joy. Anytime and gave us everything he had. Yes. <laughs> he gave every ounce of energy he had to play Loki, who was in, like, what, four scenes, five scenes? He wasn't even in that much of it. But this episode was a good laugh. This is... Yeah, it was It was fun. It was fun. I love the way they play it, like it's um, following Jane and Darcy at first, and they see this big something coming across the sky. Like, oh my goodness, it's an alien invasion! And it's literally Thor and the Asgardians landing in Las Vegas for a party. 
And by the time they get there, like half the strip is already where the Asgardians are all partying. Yeah. There's aliens galore. Like I took. There's note. a lot of cameos in this episode. Like we got like scrolls appear in this. The Grand Master appears in yeah. this. We got Howard Darcy the Duck. Getting married to Howard the Duck was hilarious. She gets married to Howard. I love the fact that Howard's kind of talking to her and she's like, "Okay, this isn't a date though," and then literally get married. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Uh, Nebula shows up. Korg shows up. Drax shows up. Valkyrie's there. Rocket passes out in a sink. You know, it's, <laughs> so many people show up. Like by the time like Jane and Darcy get to him, all these other aliens. Like the sky is full of spaceships of all these aliens that have just shown up for this party. Uh, it starts off in Las Vegas, and I love the fact that it just takes off from there. Like we see, um, what is it? The Frost Giants working on Mount Rushmore, adding like stuff to the faces, like putting eyebrows oh, yeah. and beards and stuff on them. Surtur is there. Surtur, the destroyer oh, yeah. that brings Ragnarok, is there. Tries to ch- hitting on the Statue of Liberty. Tries to chat up the Statue of Liberty and <laughs> slices her arm off by accident. Oh my gosh, that's uh, almost kills Nick Fury. Because Vinnie Hill shows up as the acting like uh, director of Shield. And Nick Fury showed up to try and stop Thor, and Korg like, was running towards a pool to do a cannonball into it, and launches Nick Fury, <laughs> puts him in a coma. Like, oh my goodness, so much chaos happens in this. Yeah. Uh, massive shout out as well to Thor, who can't spell his own name. When uh, what's her face shows up, Captain Marvel was like, he tries to spell his name as Thor. T R O H. Not in that order. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Uh, we get this. Obviously, we get the fight between them as well, which is like literally that's what happens. Is we get party fight with Captain Marvel, party in Sydney because apparently we went to Australia. Fight with Captain Marvel. End. That's literally acts of this episode that's all that happens so there is there's obviously a big cameo at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. so i forgot what was happening but you see a portal open and you see vision tron the vision who's decked out in ultron's armor yeah the infinity stones all six of them in his chest yeah that's that was an interesting way to take that i was was just holy crap of what was a fun episode into okay this is what you came for yeah, crap just got real. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, this episode literally ends, like, Captain Marvel fights him, doesn't want to go full strength, Thor fights him off, little interaction with him and Jane, he's clearly flirting with her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she'll dismiss her because she's not listening to the fact of, like, Captain Marvel's being told to basically take him to a desert and nuke him mm-hmm. with all your power. Goes to find his mum. Goes and fight. She tells, <laughs> tells his mum on him. His mom on Thor. <laughs> And she comes, and Thor is in literally like trying to get everyone to help. Half the people just take off. Loki and the Frost Giants leave. The Grandmaster leaves. Like nobody wants to stay and help. He's like, "Frick is coming. We need to clean up the planet." Because he's like lied to her that it's a freaking study group. Oh my gosh! And it, and it almost works as well. Even Captain Marvel kind of helps him. He's like, like says, "Here's all this information that you asked for." <laughs> And then all the fights, like, he calls for Mjolnir, who is like, goodness knows who did that to me. Mardi beads on it. I know, it's like all it's this like stuff on, on it. it. It's like, you have to help. Have My to help. mother's coming. <laughs> it's literally the guy who has an empty. 
His like parents are away for a week and he throws a party and then realizes his mom's yeah, on his way back exactly and like what it was. and everyone starts to take off and it's like oh my goodness you have to show up you have to help and everyone's like no <laughs> I'm out like peace the oh mother is coming you have to help me clean up earth <laughs> and then I love it like it ends in a nice little no like um it's him going to see Jane and basically asking her out on a date yes and it's, it's really nice it's really sweet you yeah. know. Thor is like really sweet with her and it's a really cute little romance and you know it's different from the movie obviously because it's a different type of Thor she is completely totally smitten with him as well through this whole thing yeah. she like loses IQ levels around about Thor and this and then he literally it's a very t- accurate description of, of uh, Jane Foster in this and then he turns around and as you said the portal opens and all these Ultron drones come through and you just see the silhouette of Ultron with the glowing infinity stones in his chest and this yes. massive blade in his hand. Yes. And like, boom. Episode and ends was, and it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I immediately want to watch the next episode. I was so hyped for the next episode, man. Oh my goodness. The next episode is like, I am so happy this episode happened because I have always yes. stood by it. Age of Ultron. Ultron is done dirty in that movie. Yeah. This is what Ultron was like in the comics. This is what right? Ultron is capable of. Yeah, capable. Ultron did this for the most part. Like, at the very least, took over Earth. Mm-hmm. In the comics, like, he did this. They literally had to go back in time and change things to stop it. Yeah. Like Ultron had won at one point. Dang. Don't read it in the comics. It's the worst story arc ever because it doesn't <laughs> actually focus on that. But this is what Ultron is meant to be like. He is a universe level threat. So like, and we find out like most of it plays out like it did before, like in the lead up to him. You know, the, the whole age of Ultron. Tony creates him. He decides to wipe out humanity. The only difference is he transfers himself into the vision body. Yeah. And that's it. That's the one thing that changes and everything changes. Yeah, so let's let's jump into the episode. So that like you said, it basically starts off with kind of like a, a very brief flashback of all that happening. Yeah. And like, then it goes literally to- he launches like from that point he launches nukes and basically nukes the earth. Yeah, and that's a really cool scene because basically, yeah, he nukes the entire face of the earth and kills most humans. Yeah. So we cut this, to this dystopian-looking landscape. So and, cool. Oh, this is one of my favorite openings of any of the episodes. You have who we don't know at the time is Black Widow on the motorcycle working with uh, Hawkeye. One-armed Hawkeye with his robot arm. Who has a, yeah, who has an Ultron bot arm for one of his arms because apparently one of them got cut off or whatever yeah and there's this whole sequence of them just playing and um like destroying these ultron bots and it's one of the coolest sequences ever it is really cool i love it this this is eight and nine are 100 percent my favorite episodes like i count them as one episode as a two-part of yeah. this is like the peak of it for me this is what a what if story should be i think episode eight honestly i love episode nine but I think episode eight is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, I think eight is better than nine. That's probably my favorite yeah. episode. Like, yeah. I just this is what I want from a what if episode. Mm-hmm. Like, back crap crazy. Let's throw everything at it, and we see them taking out the bots and like 
it's kind of cool because you see like her on the motorcycle taking them out Hawkeye with a cloak of invisibility that he randomly yeah. has like taking out bots and like they start counting down like a timer because like yeah. they have to do it before they reconnect to like the hive mind there's like a hive mind of all the bots yeah it's just such a cool action sequence to open things up and it like it just throws you straight into this world so there's like there's like two concurrent st- stories that are happening at the same time in this episode the first one you know going back to the beginning of the episode you see Thanos step through a portal and he has basically a full gauntlet <laughs> except for the Mind Stone. And Ultron literally immediately <laughs> just, cuts him, just cuts him in half. Mind Stone and then he, slices him in half, which, can I just point out, by the way, like, so many people online freaked out that Ultron was able to do that with just the Mind Stone. No, cool. which, no, 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 this is Thanos with five Infinity Stones, you can't do that. And I'm like, Technically, yeah, that's a power that he has. Yeah. Thanos is flesh and blood. The Mind Stone has that ability. If you can do that quick enough before he's able to put a block up or reverse time or anything like that, then yeah, yeah, do see why not. <laughs> so, so it starts off with him. He basically cuts Thanos in half, and now he has all six Infinity Stones. Just like and that. he also re- <laughs> he also realizes that oh, this guy just came out of a portal. So there's obviously I've killed everybody on Earth, but there's obviously other Earths. There's other multiverses that I need to visit in order to just, like, decimate everything. So he goes on this just journey of going from universe to universe and just decimating it with his Ultron bots. Meanwhile, while that's happening, you have Clint and Natasha. And I don't know how they realize this, but they realize that if they could um, download Aminzola into a virus and inject it into Ultron, that that would revert him, that would stop him. Basically, so those are the yeah. two concurrent stories. Those 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 are happening at the same time. They're really cool stories to run side by side as well, mm-hmm. um, and they also tie them in so well together. Uh, Locke the same. Well, Thanos brought him in sight of other planets. It wasn't until later that the Watcher that he caught into the multiverse. Yeah, oh, like yeah, it was yeah, the right. universe because we get to see like he basically uses the Infinity Stones, creates a a suit around himself, an Ultron suit around the Vision body. Yeah. Gives himself a cape, this massive blade, makes himself a warlord essentially. Mm-hmm. All the stones emblazoned on his chest. Yeah. Literally, because yeah. of the reality stone, creates an army and invades the universe. And yeah, to Locke's point, he's going from planet to planet within the within our universe. We see destroying. Asgard destroyed, um, Eagle was destroyed. He overruns the Sovereign, Xandar, Sakar. Like we literally see him going to all these planets we know to the point of like he literally conquers everything. Yeah. He wipes out everything, and we get probably one of my favorite scenes. It's so cool. He's just sta- I know exactly what you're he's just staring about. off into the distance, and we start getting the the Watcher's narration over it of him as like this AI that he's conquered everything. He's succeeding in his mission. Now, what does he do? And only watching it the second time, do you see the eyes twitching? Yeah. Like he hears something. And then you just see him kind of looking round, and it's like, I hear you. I hear you. Who's there? Yeah. And he turns round and looks right at the Watcher over his shoulder. Mm. I see you. And like Watcher, like, <laughs> blankets it away. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Ultron's aware that there's, like, literally, it's interesting because I think with the Infinity Stones emblazoned on him, and with the rest of the universe quiet it's almost like he's he's now like a 
you know, a cosmic level being with the Infinity yeah. Stones. And yeah. with the rest of the universe quiet, it's like he's able to focus in on what else there is out there and finds the Watcher and it becomes aware that, hold on, there's something beyond this universe. And just like that, he has a new mission. I have to get to where he is. So will he, he doesn't he through right at that time <clears throat> and starts fighting, right? It's not right at that moment, um, because we see it we get this really cool scene as it cuts back to like um Clint and Natasha. Um they go to Russia looking for Arnim Zola, like files on that. Or files on an oh, AI yeah. that can defeat him. Yes. And while that they're, they're literally looking through like Russia's like analog files, they're going through boxes and yeah. boxes of folders, and we see the watcher looking at them. It's like over their heads. He's like, "No, not that one. This one." <laughs> and like, and he starts to freak out because like Clint is like right next to a box and will not pick it up. It's like that yeah. one. He's like, "I could interfere. I could point it out to them, like, but I'm not meant to. Yeah, I can't." And it's like he's so desperate because he's like, "You can defeat him." Because Watcher's now terrified that yeah. this guy is going to come through. So it was just so cool to see like they find that and you can also hear like the watcher in the background is hearing him like i will find you yeah like just he can hear his voice he can hear it in the background is desperate for them to find it they find the file in arnim zola but once they do that then like ultron's like boom smashes to where the watcher is mm -hmm. and becomes aware of oh there's a multiverse and and may I say they have a pretty freaking epic fight. Like the Watcher is no slouch. Oh no, he goes a, toe to toe. It's that pacifist guy who you're like, you're like, oh yeah, we can take him out easy. And I'm like, it's like just because he doesn't fight doesn't mean he can't. Dude, he went from level one to a hundred and like that. He goes. See when <laughs> he like armors himself. Oh man, that was so. Sweet, and like, the two of them are going blows to blow. Like the two of them are yes. fighting through the multiverse. Like. There's that scene where that like Ultron has him down. It's literally punching him, and every punch the world changes to something yeah. else. They are literally then, fighting through a multiverse. Apparently, there's a really cool callback. I'm not a, I'm I am a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like a fanatic. But where wherever Darth Planet, wherever Darth Planet, good grief, wherever the Darth Vader stays in that lava planet, mm. there's a there's a like a quick snippet of that as they're Ooh, punching through that's planets. That's cool. I think you'll go back and look. Even at that with one. the tower, his base in the background. I forgot what it's called. But uh, any Star Wars fans in the in the chat want to correct me or yeah. call it out? Yeah, can I can I shout out Logical Robot? I don't know if I like being reminded how old I am with that <laughs> comment of like the, the, Into the Spider Verse is like four years old, and I'm like I don't need to know that. I don't need to be knowing that right now and being reminded of my mortality. So, but yeah, like, I, I did want to catch Lock as well in the chat. Sorry, quick, just to say. No, no, no. Go ahead. And um, he does mention it's really interesting the difference between um, looking at Doctor Strange Supreme when he becomes aware of the Watcher, mm -hmm. compared to when Ultron becomes aware, it's very, very different moments. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's really cool because Strange almost is aware of it and ignores it until the moment where he kind of has to, mm -hmm. he cries out for help. Ultron, like, very kind of robotic, actually, it hones in on this voice. Yeah. And becomes, like, singularly focused on this. Yeah, that's actually a really good call out. Um, but yeah, please continue. Sorry, I just want to take that. Uh, no, no, no. Out. I was gonna say this episode has one of the coolest scenes, other than the opening, uh, like just beautifully like composed scenes. So there's a there's a spot where Natasha and Black Widow or Natasha. Oh my gosh, 
Natasha and Clint are escaping the the Ultron bots, mm -hmm. and they're going up that same silo that uh, was in Civil War. Yeah, the Tony and, Man and all that. Yeah, like Tony and Cap Tony, and, Tony and, Cap Bucky. And, and Bucky were fighting in. Yeah, it's yeah. that same tunnel, but they're trying to climb up, and Clint realizes that he has to hold them off in order for Black Widow to get the because they finally got the virus. They downloaded it onto one of his USB arrows because they. They found Amanzola and downloaded it. Right, they're at that spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, so like they no. find Amanzola. It's like a CPU, very much like uh, Winter Soldier. Like when they find him underneath the base, um, and Cap yeah. and Black Widow find him. Same sort of setup. They download him into an arrow, and then they shoot yeah. a bot and download him into one of the Ultron bots. Yeah. Which I love the fact. As soon as he uploads into that, they take the legs out from underneath it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're going to help us beat Ultron. I still don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. still Amanzola. So there's, there's a really cool spot where all these Ultron bots are coming up the silo and um, Clint and Natasha are trying to get away. And again, Clint realizes that he's going to have to like hold him back for her yeah. to get away. And he basically jumps down into the silo and there's this really cool shot. It's a tilted screen, but it shows him slowly falling down. And he's doing the reverse Avengers where he shot up, where he jumped off the thing and shot up. He's doing the reverse and shooting down. It's such a cool scene, man. I feel like Hawkeye gets some love in this episode. He does, and he deserves that. Shows him how sweet he is. You feel his emotion as well, which is something I absolutely love because I feel like that's something you always feel from Jeremy Renner in the role, is you feel the emotion of what he's going through, like especially yeah. like in like um, Endgame and stuff when you're feeling Ronan, and when you're feeling he's broken, he's done. Mm -hmm. He mentions earlier in the episode, like I'm just I'm done fighting. Yeah, and that's why he sacrifices himself because he says I'm going to give you a chance it's like I meant what I said I'm done mm -hmm. he's like I literally can't go on anymore and you can feel the weight of what he's doing like he literally cannot push himself any further but he can give her a chance and it's like oh, so well done yeah it's amazing so job so this episode kind of ends with the so Ultron finds the Watcher they beat him he kind of like defeats him at that moment and then the Watcher self-isolates to this, like, pocket multiverse with with who we find out is Doctor Strange Supreme. Yeah. Uh, and said, what does he say? He says something, I need your help, or something like that. Yeah, he's like that. It's like, because he kind of hints at something, like he wants to say something. Like, I'm, I, and Strange says to him, like, I need to hear you say the words. Yeah. And he says, fine. I need to hear you say you're going to break I your need, oath. It's like, I need your help. <laughs> And he asks him for it, and it's like it's interesting because Strange at this point you realize, yeah, with everything he went through, he was wrong in what he did. But now, although he's stuck here, he is now cosmic level and the same level as the Watcher, and yeah. basically gets enlisted as like the Watcher's assistant partner, yeah, and recruiting yeah. the Guardians of the Multiverse. Yeah, so that's how the next episode starts. So they start with they they get obviously Strange Supreme, you have Captain Carter. You have mm -hmm. Starlord, T'Challa, you have Party Thor, and then you have Killmonger, Black Panther. And then you have the Gamora, who we were talking about earlier yeah. from the episode that never aired, who actually who killed Thanos in her in her universe. I love as well, like, at the very start of this ep episode 9, you get, like, little shots that continue the stories. Mm -hmm. Like with Captain Carter, we get to see the opening of Winter Soldier. Yeah. Of her oh, going yes. down onto the ship, yes. fighting Batroc the Leaper. We even get to see a really cool relationship between her and Natasha, which is echoed with the Natasha that ends up coming in um, from the apocalyptic world. Uh, we get yeah. to see uh, Star-Lord T'Challa saving Peter Quill, whose ego is like trying to infuse, basically, and like what he tried to do in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Um, 
But we see T'Challa like saving him. We see Gamora and Iron Man, who apparently is her sidekick in this, like I melting down the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm like, okay, I need to see that episode. Yeah, um, and Watcher, Watcher says, not you, not you. Yeah, it's basically like, <laughs> not you, like just, just Gamora. <laughs> Which the only thing we know about this Gamora is that it, he says she survived Sakaar and killed Thanos. So I'm like, so that's two pretty big things that yeah. actually tell you about the character and what she's like. So basically Mad Titan Gamora here. Yes, pretty much. Because she has his armor on and she looks pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, we see Killmonger being picked up on Wakanda where apparently we've jumped in time quite a bit because Shuri and Pepper have this whole like army of like Wakandans like ready to chase down Killmonger mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like, I feel like we missed a beat there. Yeah, and then obviously the last one we get is Thor because like that was the one who was fighting, yeah, the bots. Which I love that scene as well. Like the Watcher keeps telling them, "You have been chosen." And then he goes to Thor and he can't get a word in edgeways because Thor just keeps <laughs> fighting them. He literally has to grab him and pick him up. Yep, yep. <laughs> he picks him up, and I love like we just get that recreation of the the Ragnarok scream. Like he picks him up, like, ah! and then all of a sudden he's in the pub. I was like, "Oh, we're in a pub." Awesome. That's hilarious. I love it. Um, so yeah, so we get the Guardians of the Multiverse brought together, which this is a pretty OP team, by the way. Oh yeah, dude. Like, I've got to say, like, for the Watcher to pull people together, we've got a super-powered, like, Doctor Strange. Yeah, the most powerful Doctor Strange yeah. that we've ever seen. Super Soldier Peggy Carter, we've got Star-Lord T'Challa, we've got a Killmonger Black Panther, We've got Thor, God of Thunder. It's, it's like, this is a freaking Gamora, like who killed Thanos and is carrying his blade, wearing his armor. Like this is a freaking team to deal with, by the way. Yeah. Like, this is a, a heck of a team to bring up against Ultron, and he does the whole like you know the Nick Fury thing, gets him caught up to speed on who Infinity Ultron is, what he's doing, what his plans are. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, as well, we end up getting uh, Black Widow and Natasha joining the team as well because they go yeah. to that universe to stop Ultron. So she ends up joining yeah. them. Um, so yeah, this is, a, this is an OP team. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. So this, what did you think of then? What did you think of this last episode of the Guardians of the Multiverse versus Infinity Ultron? I mean, it was basically just one gigantic 20, 25 minute fight between uh, Ultron and everybody. Um, you know, towards the end, they they shoot Ultron with the arrow, mm-hmm. uh, with Amenzola, and basically Amenzola takes over Ultron's power power body, and then him and Killmonger fight. I really really like this episode. I again, I still think I like episode eight better. Yeah, I felt like it told more of a cool story, in my opinion. Yeah, the, again, I like that a lot more. Stories. But that being said, this is basically a two part episode. Or an Amenzola, sorry. Um, but yeah, I really liked I really liked this episode. Um, I thought it was really cool. Some somebody mentioned it earlier in the chat. I think it was Isaac. It was really anime-ish. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, like you know, the fighting in it, especially I think between uh, between Ultron and the Watcher. Like some of the fighting that they were doing was like intense. Yeah, there's definitely really, some really like anime-esque stuff in it done with a style yeah. of animation, um, but they did it really well. Um, and the interesting thing I love with this is this is a like this is basically one big play by the Watcher. Mm-hmm. The the story he tells them and the the plan he tells them is not the plan, which we don't realize to the end. Like the whole big plan is like 
get the Infinity Stones off of him. Mm-hmm. Give them to Gamora, who apparently has an Infinity Stone Crusher. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Which is something I was interested in, actually. Like, yeah, I just becoming a plot for that. Mm-hmm. Was I was wondering how they were going to do Infinity Ultron, like, breaking into the multiverse. Because if yeah. they were going to stay canon with the Infinity Stones. Because in the comics, the Infinity Stones don't work in other universes. Do they still carry power? They just don't carry the same power? Or do they just not work? They don't work because every universe okay. has their own version of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. So you can't like get an Infinity Gauntlet and take it over to another universe and like do the same thing. It doesn't have yeah. the power because yeah. it's synced to that universe. So I was wondering how they were going to do that. and They obviously stopped him at the the Watcher's little hidey hole where he watches the universes. Yeah. And didn't really venture into that. But we see that coming back when, like, um, Gamora's, like, Infinity Stone Crusher doesn't work on them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't destroy them, and, like, it's key to her Infinity Stones of her universe. Yeah. Um, but then we find out, like you said, like, they manage to shoot Ultron, and Arnim Zola takes over. Like, the Vision body, the Ultron Vision body. But then Killmonger also takes, like, the armor that he was wearing. Yeah. And turns himself into an Ultron character. Yeah. With still the Infinity what? Stones. Didn't see that one coming. No, it's like, what? Killmonger's a bad guy? Really? Um, and the two of them are about to go head to head, and then all of a sudden, freeze. Yes. And the real plan comes out that that's what the Watcher had planned. He knew that Killmonger was going to double cross them. He knew Arnim Zola would try and take power, but he played them. And freezes them in this like little pocket bubble as they yeah. are. And it's really cool as well because that ends up giving Doctor Strange Supreme a purpose. Yeah. As he's stuck now in he his little because he has to go back to his little dimension because that's his world, that's what's left of it. Which just kinda sucks for him because like I take the fact that he's learned his lesson, like, yeah, you have to go back here, but like but now it does make him feel like he's a cosmic level being because like this is your purpose now is to hold yeah. these two who could essentially destroy the multiverse mm-hmm. and guard them and make sure they yeah. do not escape and gives Doctor Strange a purpose again which I thought was really cool I, I do think it was cool how they redeemed uh, Strange Supreme over the over the course of the season mm-hmm. um, because I think he realized how bad he messed up <laughs> obviously at the end of his episode number three I think or four yeah, um, like right at the end, he he realizes yeah. that it's that thing of like, well, yeah, we warned you, it's too late now. I was super pumped when they showed uh, him at the end of episode eight uh, with the Watcher. I was like, yes, he's such a cool character. I really hope that translates over to live action. I really hope they bring him out somehow to live action. I would love to see that version of him. Yeah, but it was really cool how they ended that, and then we also get to see people kind of getting sent back to their worlds and picking up where they left off, like, um. And the biggest one that we find is Natasha, who basically, you know, they get sent back to their world and basically told, like, you're not going to be able to remember any of this. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're not going to be able to. We can't allow that to happen. Yeah. And Natasha, basically, point blank, I refuse to go back. There is literally nothing left. My Earth is yeah. gone. My universe yeah. is gone. It has been decimated by Ultron. Mm-hmm. And I like something, something that... Uh... Uh, Nick Fury says, he says, you're Natasha, but you're not my Natasha. Like, he knows. I love that. I love that line. I, and this is such a throwaway line, but I love that. Yeah. And it's really cool that she gets 
allowed to go to another universe that lost its yeah. Black Widow and gets yeah, to integrate there. At first, I actually thought um, when she first went there, because it didn't really show up, it was the only one it didn't was Episode 3 when the Avengers were destroyed. Mm-hmm. It was the only one that didn't really show up, and I thought it was that world at first. Yeah. But the Avengers like show up during the fight, so mm-hmm. it can't be that. But at first, I thought that's what they were doing. Yeah, because every other episode, even like the zombies and stuff, show up at one point and that. But it's the only one that doesn't get referenced. Yeah. Um, but it's not, and they find a place for her, and it's really cool that she just the Furies like that. You're not my Natasha, but yeah, literally just accepts her. Like yeah, yeah, come on in. We could use the help. <laughs> uh, Locke said in chat, like yay for purpose, but it also feels like, he's talking about uh, Strange Supreme, mm-hmm. but it also feels like you know how you screwed up and got punished. Well, now we're going to give you some prison labor for eternity on top of that. <laughs> Honestly, he's probably looking for something to do, to be completely honest. Like, he's literally in that little bubble himself. At least he's got company of some sort. Yeah. Something to do. Because, like, there's not much he can do when he's in there, so. So, does that make Doctor Strange the same power level as someone with six Infinity Stones? Or does that mean that he can... He's just smarter than someone with six Infinity Stones. <laughs> well, I think without a doubt he's smarter than the two of them. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he's as powerful as a six Infinity Stone powered person. But at the same time, that Doctor Strange is cosmic level power now. He's yeah. like way beyond a typical like magic user, even the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. It's like so like yeah, he's definitely a level of power. I don't think he's that powerful because I think what's holding them there is the watcher. Mm, okay, got it. Um but yeah, I think he's I definitely think he's smarter, at least in Kelmonger. Yeah. Arguable for Arnim Zola, but yeah. But yeah, that's essentially they all get to go home happy and we even get an end credit scene right after it. Which I didn't know existed until like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> of um, Peggy Carter basically finding or being shown that they found the Hydra Stomper armor frozen and oh there's someone inside could it be Steve? is he alive? <gasps> need to wait till the next season to find out because apparently Agent, um, Agent Carter Captain Carter's getting an episode um, each season of the What If so her story will continue and we'll find out who's in the armour but that was her little hangover teaser nice so yeah overall I enjoyed the series I was very pleasantly surprised I was I was honestly looking forward to the series a couple of the episodes obviously were, were letdowns but the ones that I liked I really really liked yeah 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 like I some of them like not all of them were for me like I wasn't a fan of all of them but yeah, for the most part, I enjoyed the series. I enjoyed at least the chances they took. I enjoyed the opportunities that were given to tell certain stories, even if some of them weren't, you know, weren't necessarily like venturing out as much as I would have liked or yeah. attempting stuff that I would have liked to have seen more of. Like some of them, like the the Kelmonger one, I felt like ran on too long. Other ones felt yeah. like they were really rushed, mm-hmm. and I would love to have seen more time given to them and more expansion given to them. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the series. I, I'm glad that we're getting this series. Yeah, I'm excited for the next season, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of the What If, to see what new stories. Apparently, the next season is going to um, include a lot more Phase 4 stuff. So nice. a lot of the stuff we've seen happen so far since Endgame and a lot of the stuff that we're going to be seeing happening. 
um is going to be like a factor in it so it'll be interesting to see some of the newer stories to tell hey seal how's it going up, man. welcome on in we're actually just getting ready to wrap up and we're almost there but thank you for stopping in thank you for showing some love we appreciate it and um, but yeah overall i'm like i i think what i've got a great potential i think this is definitely an ongoing series that we'll see more and more of because just kind of like the what if comic there's always an opportunity to tell that story mm-hmm. there's always yep. an opportunity to say hey what if this happened and explore yep. it even if it's just for a 30 minute episode you know yeah, they had a lot of episodes in there that I didn't even know that I want. <laughs> like, dude, this is awesome. But that's that's what What If is for, man. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and, I, and, I really, really liked it. And kind of like with the What If comics, anything that does really, really well um, with What If, anything that it seems to do really well ends up making it over to the the main, you know, universe. Yeah. Hey, Space Obo, how's it going? Welcome on in, sir. Um. But yeah, like kind of like stuff like stuff that springs to mind. Obviously, stuff like Spider-Man joining the Fantastic Four. They ended up doing that in the main universe, and um, Jane Foster becoming Thor. They ended up doing in the main universe. You know, yeah. Like the stuff comes up. You know, what if Ultron One was a main universe story at a point? Like they've done so many things. So it'll be really interesting to see if they do more in this. If they do more I, of these what ifs that become part of the MCU proper. I feel like. If anything translates over, it'll be Strange Supreme somehow. I, I feel like why, that character I, has latched on. I agree. I feel like that, that like the groundswell for people who really, really like that character has grown a ton. It's it's very vocal. Like I'm so. hoping we see more of him. I'm hoping it's not the end of his character. Like we're getting more Captain Carter, but I really hope we get more you know, Strange Supreme. I hope we get more of um him like pulled out of his universe to help with something or to do something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, even if you want to play it as like it's still further penance for what he did, like, well, let's let's do something with this, you know? Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I overall enjoyed this. I overall thought it was great. And yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite series that we've gotten on Disney Plus. Right. What's your uh, favorite still? I still have to say, I think probably Loki is my favorite. Mm. I, I'm between that and WandaVision. Yeah. Depending on what day you ask me, that answer might be different because they're very different shows that do very different yeah. things. And and uh, my wife Jay was watching through One Division the other night, and so I kind of got to rewatch it again. And it was like, yeah, yeah, this this is a really good, really well done show. It's so good. I think One Division is probably still my favorite, and it may it might just be because that's the first piece of MCU stuff that we got, <laughs> like over a you year, know, in over a yeah. year. But um, I and I had been like lo- hardcore looking forward to it. But yeah, but I think it also hit the ground bit. running. It came out the gate yes. strong. And, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, I think either Loki or WandaVision, depending what day you ask me, and then obviously the other yeah. ones a second. Then I would say what if, and yep. my least favorite would probably be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Not that it's bad, but I feel like a lot of the shows have taken risks and taken chances and done something different and tried to push the boundaries of what's Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is very much, you know, the, you know, your bread and butter, the standard of, like what Marvel is, what the MCU has been, which isn't a bad thing. You still need the that stuff because there's still a fan base for that. There's still like what makes yeah. Marvel Marvel, and you had to do that show, I think, to fully establish, you know, the new Captain America. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah i like the other shows a lot more and i think literally because they just pushed that boundary with some different stuff like how they viewed stuff how they opened up doors how they explained and explored characters especially yeah. side characters that we've not gotten to see as much of mm-hmm. um but yeah um yeah i think it was i think that's probably my ordering of it nice what yeah i would probably say the same order yeah mine is mine's wandavision number one i really thought wandavision like you said it was really well done mm-hmm. uh, i was looking forward to every single episode oh yeah and absolutely loki right there right there behind it and then and then what if and then a little behind that is falcon and winter soldier i think for me i really feel like they did bucky dirty <laughs> In Falcon and Winter Soldier, like the focus really like, was on Sam in that show. Yeah, and I, I get that, I get that, but like, but yeah, like I, I went into that for Bucky. Like, I'm a big fan yeah. of Sebastian Stan and a big fan of like Bucky there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Space Hobo. Like, unfortunately, Power Broker was the Power Broker was a huge oh, miss. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that was a whole, that was a whole situation. Watch a review on that to go into that one. And um, but yeah, Space Hobo. Unfortunately, the show was done for the day. We actually started at one o'clock today. Um, yeah. because uh, thanks was coming over to with his lovely wife to babysit my kids so I can get a date night with my wife and um, that was provided for by the comic clan so thank you for the yeah. comic clan who provided the money for that to allow us the chance for a date night um, but yes yeah, so the show started at 1 but this show will be up on our uh, wherever you can get podcasts Let me... um, and I'll also be going up on our I can spell and hit the right buttons that would be nice up on our youtube as well so you can catch up with it there if you missed the show and um, but yeah i think that's us for the day on that's it and we should probably wrap up there and um, but yeah join us again tomorrow night 8 30 where we will be and um, my lovely wife jay will be continuing her playthrough of bioshock right buttons are overrated absolutely lock Absolutely, so we can definitely go show love that nerd some love with that raid. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so she'll be back with Bioshock tomorrow night. Um, continuing her playthrough of that. She's been really enjoying that. We've been getting a lot of support from all of you, so thank you for those that have shown up for it. Tuesday night, Nitro will be back, I believe, doing some more of his work on his TMNT piece, if I'm correct. I think I actually might, I might do gaming night. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how my brain is acting that day so join him tuesday night same time 8 30 then either continuing the tmnt piece which if he does that you definitely want to see that it's looking sweet so far or i mean i know the man got a ps5 and is itching to play some Uh, stuff on stream so possibly who knows absolutely go for it and also so remember to go and check out terminus media over on facebook and then all social media platforms um, as I give a massive shout out again as I'm throwing it up for the panel Christians in Comics and Animation a phenomenal panel put together by um, Dr. Baron Bell regular guest on the channel and Daniel Hancock and um, putting together some amazing guests who, are like, who have worked with Disney who have worked with Marvel and DC um, and have asked myself and Nitro to host it um, so that's going to be great. hosted over there so please go and check them out on Facebook and we're hopefully going to be streaming it over here as well to our Twitch hopefully channel hopefully we don't mess up too bad <laughs> we will it's us. We, we definitely will look I've double checked that they're sure about us doing it they know what they're getting <laughs> <laughs> you've seen our streams right guys I was going to say so that it's like yeah it's like I thought it was a 13 of the podcast archives now. Jeez, I can't even remember what episode 13 was, what we were talking about back then, Locke, to be completely honest. 
Just, can you do a, tick, a tally mark of how many times I contradict myself? That'd be great. Thanks a lot. I don't say I don't think we want to know how many times we've contradicted ourselves on this show. Um, but that's it for us today. Thank you so much, and make sure as well to follow us on social media. Um, oh, Joshua Leonard oh, interview. Wow, that was episode thirteen. It feels like forever. Yeah, ago. I remember when you got that. We were like, "Holy crap, this is huge!" Yeah, it was forever ago we got that. The Team Supreme one. He's a legend. Joshua Leonard's yeah, he's amazing, guy, dude. And um, also join us on our Discord, and we're to keep up the conversation over there on our Discord page. And um, but that is it for us today, guys. We are going to be heading over to Love Thy Nerd. Thank you for the redeem of that, and um, to take us over there, Seal. They are in the middle of their LTN con at the moment, I believe. I think it's day two. Yes, I'm looking here. Um, so let's go over there, show them some love. If you're not following LTN, they are Love Thy Nerd. They are amazing um, Christian content creators here on Twitch, do podcasts, all that sort of stuff in the middle of their conference. So go and show them some love. Go and show them some support. Um, and we will see you all tomorrow night. Take care. Have a great Sunday. And remember, it's a good week to be a geek. Yeah, everybody. Oh. 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 Oh.